Well, hello. It is Thursday, May 7th. I hope you're feeling fantastic. I feel like, okay, the MLB's rolling out plans to kind of get back into things. The Korean baseball organization is going. The NFL's releasing their schedule. There's letters being sent out to reopen some practice facilities on May 15th. Are we getting going back into the real world? I hope so. We could not be, too. I have no idea. But the signs are all pointing towards, hey, we're at the tail end of this thing. Let's keep powering through. Well, we're better on the other side. We all agree with that. And I think you should be better in the bedroom. Right now, you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA. You'll get free two-day shipping. You'll scroll through there. You'll see things to make your hair better, your skin better. But what I'm here to talk to you about is the thing that'll make your sex life immediately better. Insert Roman Swipes. Hi, how's it going, Roman Swipes? Thanks for coming along and curing a problem that so many people have, which is pre-mature ejaculation. You go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA. You buy some swipes. They arrive at your door in non-discreet packaging so nobody knows what you're getting. You pull them out of the box and they're small enough to fit into your wallet. They're small, they're discreet. And right before it is time to go to Pleasure Town, right before it is time to knock boots, right before it is time to make love, you rub the Roman swipe onto your baby maker. You let it dry. And what's good about the Roman swipes is it will not transfer to your partner. Hello, magic swipe. Have the best sex of your life with our friends at Roman. Go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA for free two-day shipping. They got everything you could possibly need to be a healthier male on there. Let's have a damn good show today, shall we? Joining us right now is an NFL legend, a man who played for the Buffalo Bills for a long time. He retired. I just watched him deadlift in his garage. I don't know why he's deadlifting as a retired player, but a friend of the show, Lorenzo Alexander. What's up? What's up, Brad? How you doing, brother? Okay, so I'm looking over your left shoulder there. Uh, great background here. You got your uh, yeah. your cause shoes. You got a couple game balls. You have a championship belt with the Buffalo Bills. I want to talk about that a little bit. But then you have this yeah. this lifting thing. Are you you're like a big time gym guy? I assume that's how you last so long in the NFL at linebacker. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, that that actually uh, lifting uh, statue was actually an award that the Bills gave out. You know, they try to make off season kind of fun and competitive and so they have the iron bills game mm. and so last so last year at the age of 36 i beat all them young cats out to be the the champion of the off season yeah let's go yeah yeah so that's the belt and the the statue that we got for for winning that okay what did you have to do was it like uh obstacle course or was it actual numbers in the weight room or was it different yeah so it's a, it's a combination of things so every day we would have obviously our normal workouts and stuff and then at the end of the week the coaching staff would pick a, a lifter of the week. And then every, I think it was like uh, every Thursday, we would have some type of competition. It could be individual or team. Yeah. So we, we did obstacle course with individual and team. We did um, hang bar holds. We did uh, tire toss. Uh, we did a ton of different things that were real cool and real fun. We did a uh, tug of war as a team. We yeah. did this bike amazing race thing that, that would wear guys out. And so it was a, a you know, several different things. And I, at the end of the day, I, I won it and probably was one of the highest point getters of all time as well. Hey, respect, Lorenzo. I mean, that's <laughs> what, if you're going to do something, you might as well do it great. I'll never forget when they started incorporating these competitions or team races as like our cardio. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is fun. 
You, it right. is so tiring because you're actually competing. Yeah. You have the most competitive humans on earth, right? In a, That's who the people yeah. are. If you're a professional athlete, you're the most competitive person on earth. That's just the way it goes. You have to have that trait. And now, even if there's nothing on the line, you're looking over and you're like, okay, I got to run a 40 right now. I got to flip a tire. I got to push a stop. Right. Then I got to sprint back. And if I slow down my team, I'm going to look like an ass. So you're going <laughs> so hard. And then you're like, man, I wish we would have just ran two miles instead of that. I'm right. Yeah, it was terrible. Terrible, but you were yeah, the they, one. They they mind freak you. Oh yeah, absolutely. You were winning those. I was puking during those. Uh, is Josh Allen going to be the guy that the Buffalo Bills are going to hang on to for the long haul? Let me tell you why. And you've already probably already heard this. Cam Newton yeah. is on a full. It feel it seems like a terror trail right now about getting back in the league. He's saying he's healthy. He looks like he's in better shape than he's ever been. Haven't had any real suitors. It doesn't make any sense to anybody. But a lot of people right. now are pushing the narrative that he should go to the Buffalo Bills. What do you think the investment is for the Bills and Josh Allen? And you're shaking your head saying there's no chance of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being up there for the last, obviously, two years with Josh um, and being around that organization, they're all in on Josh. Obviously, you can always bring in competition, similar to what Dallas did with Andy Dalton. Um, but the way Josh has been playing, the way he's been growing every year, the way he's led that team, there's no reason to bring in a Cam Newton and really stunt Josh Allen's growth. One, because of the investment you made in him a couple of years ago. And number two, he hasn't shown you to bring somebody else in that you would need to try to replace him because that's what a Cam Newton type of backup quarterback would be to, to do ultimately, would to be replace him outside of like a guy like a Matt Barkley and that, uh, Davis Webb, who we have on the roster right now, who are who can come in and, and get you a, a win or two if you need to and run your offense, but they're also there to help develop Josh um, as mentors. And that's why people, is, there's always like two two different types of quarterbacks, one to replace the starter and one to kind of help the starter. And that's what they need right there because Josh has all the tools and stuff. And then I don't know, you know, and, and this is just from the outside looking in, I don't know if Cam fits the culture that they're trying to build, build up there. And that's for me just practicing winning for two weeks. I don't really know him, um, but that's from my perspective if he really fits that locker room and what Sean is trying to build. What is Sean trying to build? Just like a hard-nosed blue-collar, here we go. We're just yeah, going right. To- the, same, the same reasons why Patriots, why people feel like the Patriots won't bring him in. And so it's just all about putting your head down, going to work. Um, I know sometimes, though, uh, when you have setbacks in your career, when you've been released or haven't been signed, that you do make changes. You look internally and make some changes, and maybe Cam has done that, and I think he's going to have to probably prove that. Um in the offseason or once he gets his chance to get in with the team to show that he's here to work, grind, forget all the camera stuff. I'm here to win games. And I think that's definitely going to help him out. And maybe not that he has to take a Jameis Winston type of deal, but maybe he's going to have to do something that he doesn't want to do in order to get back to where he wants to be. I know the camera stuff is is something that can turn some teams off, but what Cam Newton's been doing with his camera stuff, that vlog last night, (laughs) he made a hype video about himself last night that I saw on YouTube that almost made me want to run through a wall and really pull for him. It does feel as if the musical chairs, though, are kind of getting all picked over, and it's like, well, he have to come in in the middle of a season and sign with somebody where if they're not having the success that they're looking for other quarterback or if somebody gets hurt, that'll be interesting to see. Let's talk about Andy Dalton to the Dallas Cowboys I don't think this is a play by the Cowboys to say hey we want Andy Dalton to be our starter although Andy Dalton has played very good football I think what you were referring to with there's two types of quarterbacks one is supposed to compete and one is supposed to help I think Andy Dalton could be a great person for Dak to potentially lean on for a little bit more information he's played in the league longer he's been there done that with a lot of stuff is Dak going to sign that contract ever do you think 
I don't know if Dak is going to sign the contract because obviously in his mind he has what he wants. And so I don't know if the contract that they've offered him is exactly what he needs. And so I was, uh, you know, talking the other day, I think he should take the Kirk Cousins approach. I mean, he was a fourth rounder similar to Kirk Cousins. I would be running there to sign the tag because after some point, they're not going to want to continue to tag you as a quarterback. And then you actually change the leverage because then they know you're willing to sign the tag at some point. Because most teams use the tag as leverage to make you sign a deal that's really in the long run probably more advantageous to the team or team friendly um but playing quarterback unlike other positions is probably one of the safest positions out there even though i understand quarterbacks get hurt but Dak really hasn't had any big time injury issues he's a winner we all know he can ball so if i was him i would bet on myself and get exactly what i want instead of maybe settling because they maybe signed andy dalton or you look in, the numbers are close, and you just want to feel comfortable. And I would do more of the Kirk Cousins approach if I was him. You know what's interesting is when you're a player, especially a good one, all you're trying to do is get to free agency, right? And I'm, right. I'm never going to pitch for the franchise tag because long-term wealth is a lot better than one year, everything like that. The franchise tag is not, yeah, yeah. The franchise tag is not perfect, but it's just like Trubisky where he didn't get his fifth year picked up or Leonard Fournette who didn't get his fifth year picked up. And I guess the way the rules are, it's like if they get hurt in week 14, you're still on the hook to pay them their fifth year salary. So it's not advantageous for the teams to pick up people's fifth year options, but for players too, right. if you're going to hit the free agency market, especially if you have a good year coming up, you can get paid again. If Dak Prescott right takes that 32 million or whatever he's supposed to get with that franchise tag and balls out exactly like he did before let's assume he yep. does even better and they win some games his number is going to go up but obviously for Dak the thought is if I don't have the same year I had my number is going to fall out the window yeah. I think any, but, but any, why wouldn't they they added yeah. they added pieces to it they have a great offense he's going to have a lot of weapons he's got Zeke he's got Amari he's got CD Lamb I mean so they're going to have advantageous spots as far as matchups where he's going to be able to take advantage of it so and that's why I'm saying bet on yourself, brother, because they've done everything to help you to go out there and maximize yourself. It's interesting, though, because in business, right, in business, you can't always get everything you want because you're obviously right. doing business with other people. So you have to figure out what you want to give and take, just like in the NFLPA, NFL, CBA negotiations, right? It's like yep. I always thought that whenever you go into a negotiation with your fists up, you're probably not going to have good negotiation because both sides are just going to be completely against each other. Now, granted, the new CBA, I think there has been some advancements. People are going to be upset. It was a 51-49% right. vote. That's always going to happen. But with the NFL yep. thinking about delaying this schedule, now, granted, they have to because of COVID-19 and the quarantine. Right. What do you think the chances are of the NFLPA saying, you got it, we'll have no bye weeks, we'll go straight into playoffs, straight into the Super Bowl? There's no way that would physically happen if the NFL wanted to do that. They would have to eliminate some games, wouldn't they? I would believe so. I mean, I would have to see how it was laid out. I don't know if the season would just be pushed back. If the start date is pushed back four weeks, does that mean the end of the season is pushed back four weeks? And then what would that mean for the, the, the following season? So it's just really a lot of moving parts without actually having a plan like in front of me to make a decision. But I never see a time where you just play 16 straight games without any bye weeks in there to give your body a rest. I mean, that would just be absurd to me. Um and something that wouldn't be very practical. I mean, when we're trying to figure out how to get guys more rest, and you know they're going to still probably try to want to do their Thursday games, and so to condense all that without the additional rest uh, really wouldn't be conducive to anybody's uh, career as far as a, a player standpoint. And people, fans might go after NFL players for thinking like that, but honestly, like, if you just think for one second from the from an offensive lineman standpoint, a linebacker standpoint, maybe a fullback yeah. or something like that, if they... That one 
the Thursday night game, everybody hates because they're not recovered yet. But that weekend, at least guys get to sleep and chill for a little. And then the bye week is a massive thing for guys. I mean, that gets them to the finish line for a lot of things. I think you'll see a drop in the quality if they were to do that. But if we have to do what we have to do to get a season, I'm all for that too. Lorenzo, your hat reminded me that you and Aaron Rodgers were team captains together at Cal. So I wanted yes, to ask, sir. we've talked about how he probably feels about Packers moving up and taking Jordan Love. How do you think the rest of the locker room feels when they make a move like that? Uh, you feel, because, uh, you know, you've been on teams that where they take a guy and you're like, man, what are we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. I thought we trying to win now, especially if you're a veteran and there's some players at, I forgot what pick they had, like mid-20s, yeah, that you feel like up. they could have got a big-time player that's going to be an immediate impact player right then and there, especially when you have, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the league, especially right now. Why, why are we getting another quarterback that's not going to play for four or five years? So I'm trying to figure out, you know, as a veteran, what are we doing? And, but, you know, obviously management oftentimes has a different picture of what the locker room is feeling and what coaching staff is feeling. And, you know, obviously everybody's compared to when Aaron got drafted um, and Brett Favre. And so they do what they do, and sometimes it's confusing. But I know for me as a veteran player, I'll be very upset because I'm trying to win now, and I think they didn't do a very good job of doing that. They're thinking about the future, and I guess, uh, hey, it's, it's up to them. They're getting paid to do it. I'll never forget watching the draft and just being like, what the are we doing? I mean, there, there is nothing. And by the way, coaches are doing the same thing. Coaches, right. coaches are watching, like individual positional groups are watching, like, can we not just get a little bit better in our room? Maybe is there any way that maybe it's an interesting thing that draft because although your team can get better, your team can say the same. There's a lot of emotional strings being pulled too by a lot of people that are looking out for their own careers. I think Aaron will handle it proper. I think Aaron will handle it in a beautiful fashion. Yeah, I mean, Aaron will be fine. I mean, he he understands that uh, he's not going to be threatened right now. I mean, he's still playing at the top of his game. Um, now, does he feel a certain type of way towards management? He might be. It might be like a Michael Jordan, Jerry Cross type thing, <laughs> where, <laughs> where he's mfing the GM or making fun of him every time he gets a chance to. But uh, he's going to still go out there and handle his job because at the end of the day, he wants to win games. You know. I was watching that, and I think a lot of people were surprised about the amount of gambling on the team playing in the locker room and things like that. That yeah. in our locker room, that was not that surprising to be honest. I, like I that that is something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, that's, yeah. Every, that's every, every single team I've ever been on is does that at the professional level. Now, I don't know if it's getting to a million dollars, you know, whatever he was up to, but <laughs> but it's some it's some pretty big pots that people would be surprised about as far as guys just hanging out, having a good time, and being competitive. Well, it's a way to not only you talk, you're spending time together, but you're still competing. Yep. I mean, it's like if you right. think about the pieces of what cards or dice are and you start like, oh, it's a competition. You get to hang out and talk. You can talk massive amounts of trash during trash, it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's basically a professional athlete. You might as well just put that right in there. It's a very normal <laughs> thing. Were you a card player? Did you play cards, dice, anything like that? No, nah, you know, I'm more of a domino player. You know, when I was with the Raiders, we used to have like a, a weekly domino game. Me and Marcel Reese, we still, because he actually lives out in Phoenix. And I was actually just talking to him on the phone yesterday. And the last time we played, I smashed him. And so I was trying to... <laughs> Right now, obviously, we're doing quarantine, and he's itching to get back over here to get his get back. But uh, just talking trash to him over the phone about the last time I, I, I whooped him in some dominoes. I was a card player. I always played cards. Enjoyed the hell out of those games. Maybe a little bit of dice if the pot was getting right, and there were some, you know, dummies in there. You get in there, <laughs> you get some real good odds. You get some real good odds yeah. on, on tens and fours with some dummies. But on the flight home from London, we played in London. I 
I had to consume 13 edibles, okay? So there was no way I was going to sleep. I was on another planet. Antonio Cromartie was playing dominoes. I think he knew he was probably going to get released because that was uh, – he took a knee during the national anthem, and then he had a feeling. I think he had a feeling, like maybe some. So it was kind of like his last trip with our team. I was wide awake, couldn't really do much, and he was like, uh, hey, why don't you come play some bones with us or whatever? I'm like, oh, cool, I'll come. I put down – I forget what I put. I put down something in this dude. Dude that was just on our team comes with a like a, a it was like a, a windmill dunk with this domino yeah yeah we're at thirty five thousand feet the northern lights are out out the side of the thing okay everybody is passed out i'm on 13 edibles and this dude comes crashing through the table with a domino and the entire had to break it. yeah the, the board goes flying obviously and cromartie's like uh Pat, I, I, that's a tough. That's a tough look right there. It was like, yeah. I, so I did he win? Only way you can do that is if you win and break something down like that. Cause you messed the whole game up. Yeah, he did mess the whole game up. He messed my whole life up. I'll probably never get back into that game again. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. Lorenzo, uh, who wins the Super Bowl next year? Right now, I want you to lock it in. Buffalo Bills. Tom Brady's out the way. We're gonna have an easy path through the AFC. We gonna we gonna win the Super Bowl. Did Sean McDermott get better in the draft? Do you think the team has gotten better this year? I definitely thought we got better. I really like the pick with AJ Finesse. Uh, I think Moss is going to be a great compliment to Singletary. And then obviously Stefan Diggs with our first round pick that we traded to Minnesota. With those three picks, our offense, I think, is really going to be more dynamic this year. And if the defense should stay somewhere in the top five ranking, that's just a making for a great team. They already have great chemistry, and I really like the, the camaraderie in the consistency that they've had over the last three years. And so it's time to really make that move uh, that we've been talking about for a long time since Sean got there in 17. Had a good run last year, obviously made it to the playoffs. A couple ran into Houston Texans there, got hot. But it does feel as if this could be the Bills Mafia time to really have some success. I mean, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been just doom and gloom for the city of Buffalo that lives and dies with the Bills. Boy, it'd be yeah. fun to watch that team have some success. I couldn't even imagine Bills Mafia turning it up to success notch. Um you mentioned Stephon Diggs being your first-round draft pick this year. We talked to Chris Ballard before the draft, and he said, tonight during the first round, I'm going to watch film with DeForest Buckner and be very excited that we got him for our first round. I might never be a GM, but if I have a chance to move a first-round draft pick and I'm after the 10th pick for an established veteran, I'm doing it every single time. And that's probably why I'll never be a GM and it doesn't make any sense. But I think Stephon Diggs, you're getting Stephon Diggs. Now, granted, if he can mesh and whatever happened in Minnesota happened, but is there anybody that's Stephon Diggs in this draft? Even Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. Stephon Diggs has NFL reps in him. I feel like right. it's a move that you have to make if you have a chance to make one of those things. And I would agree because you never know what you're going to get out of a rookie. You don't know how they're going to handle the, tradition, the transition, how they're going to handle the money, uh, the fame. And then you, wide receiver is probably, you know, talking to guys over the years and playing is one of the hardest transitions as there is. And so you're really unsure of how those guys are going to live up to whatever ceiling or grade that you put on them. Even though those are, those are great players, you just never know because they've been a ton of busts in the first round. So why wouldn't you go with something, especially when you're trying to win right now, that you know what they can do, who they are, and that they go out there and produce. I have no patience. Soon as somebody becomes a big-time free agent or looking to get out of there, come on in, pal. Come on in. Yeah, you're all going to hate each other probably. We don't have enough balls, but come on in. That's what I would do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, great businessman. Obviously, hey, your gym. Is that your 
Your garage, your gym is nice. The, the, yeah, yeah, that's my, uh, we have like a detached garage that I, I made into my little gym. For my, uh, yeah, that, that's my little safe haven when I want to get away from these kids. <laughs> I just go in there, lock the door, uh, turn the AC on and, and get some work in. Okay, how much were you uh, trap bar deadlift in there? That was uh, like 455. Ooh! So, yeah, that's. That's still a little lightweight for me. Last year I was doing about seven fifteen, so I don't know if I'm gonna get back to seven fifteen, but uh, I like where I'm at right now. Hey, you're retired now. You can eat every <laughs> steroid and go get the mountain. <laughs> go get the mountain if you have to in that in that garage. Yeah. Um, the the mat there, the padded blue mat there that people do warm ups and on. Are you doing right. that strictly to protect your toes off the hard floor? Eggs. Exactly. My toes are stiff as hell, and um, <laughs> I, I want to make sure I didn't jam them into the mat. So I'm doing uh, barefoot uh, deadlift. So Smart. that's why I'm using that. See, that's next level thinking mm-hmm. right there. Because my, yep. my feet slip, my toes dig in, yeah. get a pad under there, all of a sudden you're a genius. Lorenzo, there's no question why you're a pro bowler and an NFL linebacker forever in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Lorenzo Alexander. Yeah! Appreciate Woo! you guys. Cheers, brother. <laughs> all hey, right. Good conversation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's their guy, he says. And I, I, I saw a couple comments about Cam Newton not working hard. It, it's not we're not saying like that. It's like Cam Newton is a show. I mean, mm-hmm. that's his personality, his charisma. Not every team is as welcoming to that. I, I think there's a lot of I've experienced that firsthand. That there, there are some places that enjoy you, and then a new regime comes in. It's like ah, that's not for us. Like some places are. Pete Carroll is known for letting people's personalities flourish. The San Francisco 49ers, the same exact thing. Whenever you hear about other cultures, though, they're not as like, oh, this is fun. They're more like, this is a job. Like, we don't want you to even be smiling, dancing. We, we don't want that happening here. Which, by the way, I, both ways have had success. I enjoy the side that lets you have fun and stuff like that. But I assume Cam Newton isn't going to be a guy who's just going to completely change his personality if he needs to get. Maybe he will, though. Maybe he. I'm not. I hope he doesn't because that video he put out last night. Banger. Yeah, it was awesome. Hello, this is McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk, the man wearing the sleeveless hoodie and currently speaking. My name is Pat McAfee. To my left, rocking a Centerville Elks t-shirt, Centerville, Ohio's <laughs> finest, also known for Kirk Herbstreet, Jeremy Cash, Bobby Cash, a man who was on the television last night playing the football with no helmet at one point during the fail Mary game. Ohio State legend, AJ Hall. It's elk, elk pride, Connor. That's what the it's on, like, elk pride. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, Mike Nugent. Uh, oh yeah. Pat, Mike Nugent, a big kick. Nugent played quarterback for a little bit in high school. He's an athlete. Yeah, Nugent was one year older than me. So yeah, he's another. Very, very uh, accomplished Centerville guy, I guess. I've been intoxicated in Centerville and around Centerville, Ohio with the Cash family. It's a good time, good place, and creates a bunch of hard-nosed legends. Mike Nugent, did he play or was he backup quarterback? Well, he was a running back when he was young, running back kicker, and then his uh, senior year, I believe, is when he played quarterback that whole year. Started? Yeah, started. Wow. Let's go! Hey. Yeah, we ran the uh, we ran the triple option. So I mean, Nuge wasn't messing around. He had to run the ball a bunch. He had to make a bunch of decisions. He could throw too. He's an athlete. I didn't know that Nuge was getting down like that over in Ohio. 
Yeah. He's a stud. He's been a stud from day one. He has a younger brother my age. It's a stud soccer player and played at Ohio State, too. Let's talk about you being a stud last night on television. You and Marshawn Lynch ran your faces into each other. Was that something when you know that a guy, okay, he literally is on record as saying what you got to do is run through a motherfucker's face. And he is on record as saying that whenever he was a kid growing up in the town of uh, the town, Oakland, he used to run into the back of buses. So whenever he says, like, what's a defender to a bus? This is literally what I started doing the entire thing. Did you know going into those types of games, like, okay, me and a guy who trained with buses uh, is go- are going to run into each other on a very regular basis today? Well, I have to be honest. When I was playing, I, didn't, I was not aware of the, the, the buses comment. I didn't know that's how he trained as a youngster. Okay. I just knew what I watched on film and what I talked to him on the field before and after and during games. But, yeah, Marshawn's the type of guy, you know it's going to be a long day. You know they're going to give him the ball plenty of times, and you just hope you got to get him before he gets started, before he gets a full head of steam. He's a big dude. He's a thick guy that doesn't care and wants to run every single player over. So you just need some help. You can be there for initial contact, and then you just pray your teammates are coming so you don't just get driven completely, and he steps all over your face and chest as he runs over you. <laughs> Did you watch that game last night? I saw zero plays somehow. I didn't know it was on, and I don't know what happened. I got caught up, and I saw I got a text from somebody like right as it ended that it was on. I put out two tweets last night of there was a fight on the sideline that you walked away from. I, I just I didn't want to. Judge Who was you fighting? Too. Huh? Who was fighting? It was on a kickoff. Somebody got hit late onto the sideline. It was a slow motion pan actually of your back, and then the fight happening right next to you and then you just kind of looking at it and then just walking onto the field after it it was awesome yeah, you gotta conserve your energy man i, I, knew, I knew if it wasn't like a real fight the guys are just kind of going back and forth why am yeah. i getting caught up in that it wasn't a real fight it was one of those classic scrums whenever the uh, uh substitute teacher was in because that was when those terrible refs were refing football that is the game that got the real refs back after yeah. the fail mary was that a monday night game oh yeah, yeah. monday night uh, uh, next day, wasn't it? I think the next day or two days later, all of a sudden, the, old, the, the normal refs come back in. Well, the world was upside down, obviously, because players were noticing how terrible those refs were long before the world recognized how t- there it was. It was happening literally right next to you, Kevin Green, in between you and Kevin Green. <laughs> well, trust me, I know if Kevin Green isn't really getting involved, I don't need to get involved. Kevin Green can handle every single person on that team. <laughs> <laughs> um, the refs, though. Those refs were so bad. And I think, obviously, the, the current refs aren't, you know, perfect. And with the advancements in technology and all that stuff, you're getting a chance to see just how terrible some refs are. And then you get a guy who can't look at a replay and agree with the rest of the population. I mean, that is just a tough thing. But those replacement refs, it was all the little things they were fucking up, too. Like putting a ball in the wrong hash. And then, put it, for, for me, they... Never put the K ball in, so I was just punting quarterback balls. And then they would, they would, they'd be off a little bit. They didn't know what the rules were. They didn't know how to run the clock. They got these guys that were refing what junior high football in the middle of 
Indiana or Ohio, yeah. and you're like, welcome to the big league sport. Here's the rules, by the way. Don't mess this up. Millions of eyes are on you. And by the way, we're using you completely as leverage to negotiate against our actual refs that are much better than you, much more experienced, and they're probably going to hate you for the rest of your life. So good luck out there. And then that Monday night game with the one person doing this, the one person doing this, and then the other ref just sitting there looking at it. And, oh, I mean, it was just, it had to happen. It had to come to a head. And you guys just so happened to be on the complete wrong side of the head that it came to be yeah we did and after excuse me after that game i remember we had to we all went into the locker room because they gave him a touchdown game over the refs came back in and tried to tell us that we had to go back out and field 11 guys for the extra point that's like almost got killed by multiple players hey that's like (laughs) (laughs) hey why why don't you get your little fucking junior high ass out of here okay why don't you the um that was like after the minneapolis miracle when the Saints had to, uh, Thomas Morstead's lined up yep. a three t- technique on that field goal block team because he was one of the only ones that still had his pads on after the celebrations Stephon Diggs had and everything like that. I think I may have been one of the guys to run back out only because I had my shoulder pads unstrapped, but I didn't have them off yet. And a lot of guys had their shoulder pads off. And, you know, there's always some of the, some guys that are the, the super quick shower dude who already is in a towel when you're oh, coming yeah. back in. <laughs> How'd you do that? That's how yeah. shower pill was created because those people were made fun of because they didn't take an actual shower. So the word shower pill, oh, you must have taken that shower pill. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, I, I didn't shower. Okay. And then Justin Forsett turned it into an actual company, mm-hmm. which is uh, craziness. One of those situations happened for the Patriots back when Vinatieri was the kicker where the extra point happened. The team did not send out. So Vinatieri took the snap. He, he, I don't know if the holder got it and tossed it to Vinatieri or Vinatieri actually pushed the holder out of the way. But he got the snap, and he jogged in. And now he has on his thing a uh, rushing conversion for a two-point uh, on his on oh, his snap. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So he actually ran in with his arm up in the air like this, and there was no other people on the field. It's one of the best pieces of film I've ever seen in my entire life. It's great. Hey, Pat, why do you think they make him do that? Like when the game is over, the, the clock is gone, is it all for gambling? Gambling, and also what the real you know public answer is for the integrity of the game. Okay. Oh, your commissioner put that rule in, right? My oh. commissioner? No, fo- yeah. the football Art. the football gods have put that in. It's the integrity of the game. You don't score a touchdown and not a point, uh, uh, attempt right. a, a point after touchdown. Now, granted, in college football, they do. Uh, whenever one team kicks a field goal and the other team scores a touchdown, they, they don't kick the extra point, which uh, kind of would fuck over a lot of people, actually. Huh? And they don't care about it. But in the NFL, when you respect the shield – you respect the integrity of the game and the rules that they are. And when you score a touchdown, you kick the extra point. Yeah, I guess uh, our commissioner has got this thing right. He hasn't taken that out of the game. I just want everybody to know that although I've been a little bit more public with the my commissioner, I've been a Roger Goodell guy. <laughs> you name it. From the get-go. get-go. From jump- Let me go back real quick to yesterday's show. We started out the show off-air and then carried on-air about some frustrations you're having with a publicist lady. And you said, Pat, Pat ain't going to be no kiss-ass pal. Be <laughs> and now you're on record multiple times saying how you have been on Roger's side from day one. It's my commissioner. Well, that's not kissing ass. So, just... so you are a kiss-ass sometimes, no. now, just in the right circumstances. No, I am not kissing any ass at this point. I am just observing and reporting, okay? I am an observe and report. But no, you're giving your opinion. You're not just observing and reporting. You're hey. giving your 
professional opinion. An ass kiss would be when I don't mean it and I'm just, you know, kind of. This I mean. I mean, if you see and you look around at the other commissioners, that is my commissioner. If you were kissing his ass when you were working for him, that's one thing. But, I mean, not yeah, at all. Now I, you, you don't not, even work for the guy. I stand nothing to benefit by saying that. Actually, that, you have much more to benefit now no, from kissing his no, ass. Than no, no, not Says who? What are you talking about? AJ. What are you talking about? AJ. Mr. Hall. I don't know where you live. Everyone's got to make good business decisions, Pat. Not me. Business move. Hey, on numerous occasions, I have not. Because I refuse... To kiss somebody's ass. I'm just telling you, my commissioner, let's move forward. The KBO's commissioner said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play baseball games. They're going to air them on ESPN in America in the early morning. We're going to put fake fans in the crowd, just pictures of them as if it's the Simpsons or an animation thing. Then we're going to have a Zoom call full of fans on the Jumbotron. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. We're going to hit dingers. People are going to be lined up outside with zero social distancing because they're not allowed inside, so they'll just do it outside. Which, By the way, that's not on us. That's 100% on them. And all of America is going to talk about it for the first time in a long time because, to be completely honest, the KBO is like minor league professional baseball. They're creative. They pimp bat flips. I was a big fan of the little bit that I watched. I think I'll continue to watch my team, the... Well, we really like the Samsung Lions, but the, they had a tough start. The Samsung Lions will be my team going forward unless they lose <laughs> another game and then I'm... I don't have enough time. I'm fucking out on them. But I like the KBO got started. I like that live sports are back for us. There's something to talk about. If it was anything other than baseball, I would be much happier. But here we are. Baseball is a sport that can operate without fans. And I think it was good television, to be 100% honest with you. Well, until North Korea fields a team, I think I'm going to have to just wait and hold out and watch. I want If it's the Korean Baseball League, is North Korea not represented? That's true. Well... You know, there's been a lot of talk about that uh, peninsula over there. You know, uh, he's good. He's healthy. You saw him. He made a public appearance the other day. Yeah, that was it. Him. He would throw heat if he was in the KBO. (laughs) I I watched Sonic the Hedgehog the movie this morning. Or not this morning, the other day. Have you seen that movie, Sonic? No. They got bullied to remake it. It's uh, it's Jim Carrey. Didn't they redo the whole thing digitally Mm -hmm. before they or after they already put it out? Yeah. What do you mean? Because the uh, character looked so terrible. The internet bullied them into redoing it. Well, shout out to the internet for fixing something. They sent like an update. It's like when they send an update to your phone, they sent an update to the movie, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I got the updated one. And, and by the way, I won because I enjoyed the movie. Sonic plays an entire uh, baseball inning by himself. Throws it to himself, hits it He's to quick. himself. That's Jeez. what Kim Jong-un would do if he was part of that North Korea. <laughs> yeah. This was the old version compared to the new version here. Yeah, I saw the new guy for sure. Yeah. They, they bullied him so hard they redid all the CGI. Credit to them for, for listening. Yeah, yeah, it worked too. Oh, Didn't the uh, hasn't it had huge success? Like it made a bunch of money worldwide. I I was a big fan of the movie to be completely candid here. I like Jim Carrey, obviously. He has a lot of the Grinch in it. He is really? the Grinch yeah. in this movie. Oh, I like a, that. A lot of him being the Grinch even sounds like him in numerous occasions. Because oh, he's Doctor. Uh, yeah, Robotnik. Yeah, I don't know anything about any of these people, but. Sonic looked like that was a fun game back in the day. Great oh, game. Yeah. Great game. Movie Clark was good. the coins. Was really good. Good. But that was Super Nintendo, sweet. right? Uh, I don't know. Sega. Come on. Yeah. Sega Genesis. Yeah, Sega. yeah I played yeah. Sonic. It was the original. It was like what up, What went up against Mario. AJ, you were a video gamer? Uh, for a little bit. Like um, Super Nintendo I had. I used to play like the F-Zero game on there. Donkey Kong, I believe. Donkey had Kong. Sega for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, 
I don't know if I've even if we had a PlayStation. Maybe we'd Sega Dreamcast. I don't know if you ever oh, had that. Oh that yeah, crazy taxi. Yeah, oh yeah. And then the red thing. What's the the red thing that you stuck your eyes in and you watched those little red dots? Oh yeah, three D. Yeah, Wii. The Wii. You're talking about the Nintendo nope. Wii. Nope. Uh, yeah. Pong. No, this was way before the Wii. Atari Pong. Nope. Not that old. Oh, you're talking about the. Uh, I don't know Xbox. what it was called, but it was a red oh, thing that yeah. sat on the table and you stuck your head in and you could glory play a little controller. Oh, it was a glory hole. With the boys. Oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. Glory yeah, hole goggles. You had glory hole as a child? No. <laughs> I don't know what it is. One of those, one of the 13 people in studio, sorry, nine, I know Thank you're under you. 10, Thank can you. look it up. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I was not a big video gamer, but I, I, I never just, was either. I was so bad at it, AJ. I'm so bad well, at it. As it advanced, it got easier and easier to be terrible at those games if you don't keep up it's like you're you're out of touch three months in if you don't start the new system whenever it comes out well i am i am in first grade when it comes to these video games nowadays and you got zito has a master's i mean a guy might as well be a doctor and zito loses the people my brother is like an ivy league guy he's very very good that's it that's the system i had what's it called Virtual Boy, put him on. Oh, you were one of those nerds. What the fuck is that? <laughs> you don't put him on, but you played like a. There's a. I think it was Mario Tennis or something. You could play on that. Oh, it's so like that, sweet. That was the original Wii right there. Yeah, it came a long way. That fucking kickstand. Yeah. Is Wii still a thing? Oh yeah. I saw people on the internet doing that. That seems like the best invention to date. By the way, it's that one switch now. That one feels as if that's the best invention. Because I I remember playing a couple of tennis games ago in bowling one night in college, and it was pretty legit. Like when I would roll a good one, it was a strike, mm -hmm. and then when I knew that I did something different, it I felt like it was pretty accurate. Now, granted, if you threw it as hard as you possibly could, every pin was gonna fucking fall. <laughs> I mean, there, there was a couple little cheat codes, obviously, but I enjoyed the Wii a bit. I don't know. I haven't played that in probably ten years. Yeah. Uh, Wii baseball is still holds. Yeah. Oh, the baseball game. Mm -hmm. I forgot yeah. you could do that. And then I saw somebody golfing yeah, with golf. one. Yeah. They put it. Boxing. Tenny. Wii Sports still holds up for yeah. sure. Really? Oh, yeah. We should get in the office. Yeah. Really, the only good game it came with. Yeah. Well, Super the whole Smash Bros. You can't get like, baked out of your skull and still play them. You have True. to like be active. Hey, there's a video, I, there's a video oh. I saw of a guy yeah. with two lightsabers, mm -hmm. and he was hitting like a box like it was Guitar Hero. Like You know how on Guitar Hero you had to like hit the buttons at the same exact time? I was obviously terrible at that game as well, but I mean, it was a good time. Rock Band was also fun. If you, yeah! play, you have to tap into the microphone, which, by the way, every time I do that, my lady told me that my corgi dog shits in a house because it scares him. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sorry about that, Sam. But I saw the one guy with the lightsaber. Like, dun, dun, dun. what game is that? Is that a real game? It's like a lightsaber VR game. We yeah. uh, we tested it. When we went to TwitchCon. It was insane. It's on the Oculus, so you got to put on the uh, oh, the porn goggles, the VR, yeah, the virtual mm -hmm. reality headset, and then. Have you seen this, AJ? I haven't seen this exact game, but I know I know of like the Oculus and all the different things. They have some game, don't they, where you have to walk the plank, and people say it's like legit no. scary. Yeah, like fire. It's insane. Yeah. You know, or I you walk over like a, a bridge that's suspended a thousand feet in the air, and people are all scared doing it. Like, I watch, I watch Ready Player One, oh. so I basically know the future, and I think I'm gonna be pretty good. But I guess this GTA game is like that right now. Like oh. the boys here play GTA together on Xbox, and I guess you're Shock just game. you're you're what is it? Shock game. Shock game. Sh what? Shocking. Shock. You guys are a bunch of shocks out there? Oh, a bunch of shocks in the streets. Dun -dum, dun -dum. So I guess you're just like a little video game version of yourself and you're just do hood rat things with your friends. I guess that's what the new GTA is yep. because yeah. they're summer. a gang and they just ransack people's houses and Zito has a penthouse because he's been playing for so long he's accumulated so much money. So 
It's basically like Sims, but for thugs. I'm a, I'm a kind of a big fan of it. I think this might be a game I get into. Yes. Yeah, you should. I think you should get into it. Are, are, you're not on Twitch? We have a Twitch stream, twitch.tv forward slash the Pat McAfee show, but it's just Zito and Connor playing Call of Duty or Fortnite for five hours. Now, no Fortnite. GTA, baby. Yeah. Oh, Shot Gang. Shot Gang. Join the gang. Um, did you, so you didn't watch that game last night. You had a great game, by the way. Great game. I don't know. I don't think so, but yeah, who knows? What was the final score? You guys lost. You guys lost. It was very close. <laughs> we did lose. Last very, uh, I know at least a screenshot someone sent. It was 12 to 7 at one point. Yeah, it was low scoring. In the third quarter, it was only like 7 nothing or 7-7 seven, seven or something like that. John Ryan hit a couple like 90-yard punts. It was next level. Good for John Ryan. Um, there's a UFC fight this weekend, I guess, and people who know things are saying that this card is stacked. I know nothing about it. Dana White obviously was pushing for a pit, uh, a fight pit in his basement or something like that when the quarantine started, and then he had a fight island. He was willing to do whatever to put on entertaining fights for his fans, which I respected. Obviously, that got kiboshed or whatever from Disney and ESPN. They said you can't do that. Now he's coming back with his first fight card, and it feels like all the UFC fans are big fans of this fight card. You're in the MMA world. Uh, you know a little bit more about this than I do. Should I be excited for this weekend? And what human cockfighter is going to win? You're, you're, you should absolutely be excited for this. And if people are excited for the Korean baseball league, oh, yeah. watching that, this is a legit sport that is going to it's going to happen. Like it, it feels weird that it is going to happen this Saturday, but it is a giant card. It's absolutely loaded. Do you know Tony Ferguson at all? Have you heard of him? Uh, yeah, he had that uh, fat camp, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's Tony Perkins. Tony no. Perkins. That's on That's me. a different guy. He's fighting Justin Gaethje. <laughs> Tony Ferguson's one of the weirdest guys there is, like weird personalities. Very unique. He's fighting Justin Gaethje. That's the headliner. Dominic Cruz fighting Henry Cejudo. Two little guys going at it. And then some giants. You know Francis Ngannou? You ever seen him? Oh, yeah. He oh, yeah. fucking swings refrigerators, too, when yeah. he comes at you. That guy, they're saying if he gets those mitts on you, look out for the knees coming because they're coming from south to north right to your face. Yeah, he's fighting a big old dude, Rosenstrike, Rosenstruck, however they say it. Another, oh. It'll be a monster. Greg Hardy's on the card. I'm not sure why he's on this one exactly. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone is fighting uh, – Anthony Pettis, you know Cowboy. I, he just got knocked out by uh, Conor McGregor's shoulder, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that, that was his. Same guy. And by the way, everybody made fun of Conor for that boxing move. You know that bo that boxing warm-up that he did where they said he looked like a leprechaun and things? Did you see his flex about that earlier this week? He said uh, a thousand memes or a million memes were made about this, uh, your shoulder separability. Fast forward a couple years, I'm a billionaire, and I knock somebody out with my shoulder, <laughs> which is awesome. I'm a Cowboy Cerrone fan. He puts on good fights normally, right? That's like his thing. Uh, yeah, and he, fight, he tries to fight 30 times a year, too. Like Cowboy takes every fight possible. They try to get him to take time off, and he won't do it. So, yeah, I think the top to bottom, this is a great card. A lot of times the cards, there's so many of them that, yeah, you may be interested in one or two fights. This one, I think there's a legit five, six fights that even casual fans would love. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of casual fans watching this weekend just because there's a lot to bet on, Yeah. yeah. which, by the way, FanDuel, I, I just – I dumped a lot of money into a couple of those human cockfighters there. I, I don't know any of them, but I just picked by name which one probably lived the harder life. Smart. <laughs> Who lived the harder life? That person's probably going to win in there. Yeah, I bet there's going to be a, a, a good chunk of money placed on this card because people are just itching to find anything to gamble on. Yep. Greg Hardy, what? He was bad guy, right, in oh, the oh, NFL? Oh, yeah. Not a good guy. human. Outside he had, the NFL. He had the, the couch of guns that he... Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. 
allegedly threw his. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then he got kicked out of the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then now he's. Yeah. Oh! 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 Pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, he's pretty yeah. good at fighting. Ooh. Yeah. He's huge. Dana, right? Because Dana's been ha- been asked about this a lot. And Dana's like, yeah, he's fighting. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Dana, he's yeah, he's taking a chance. I was, I was curious when he got, when you signed him, like, okay, if he does continue to get better and better, is that good for the UFC? Because we know Disney, ESPN own, like, has a huge chunk of money in the UFC now. Does Disney want that to be pub and Greg Hardy? If he does, like, what if he's eventually contending for the belt? I don't know how to say this and not come off as a complete asshole. But I assume, and I mean no offense, absolutely no offense here, okay, to super nice people that have never made egregious mistakes in their life, obviously. I'm assuming those people aren't cage fighters. I'm assuming that when it comes to being a cage fighter, not all cage fighters, I'm assuming, but I'm thinking there's a chance to the humans that are classified as professional cage fighters that not all of them are going to be angels, and that's probably Dana White's stance, I would assume. And if he talks to Disney, and Disney's like, hey, we can't do this with this, and Dana's probably like, "What are you, these, these guys are trying to fucking kill another human being in, in a cage for our enjoyment. Is that kind of the, you think that's probably how that conversation would go? If Greg Hardy was, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. There's certain things that people will like to see a comeback from and others that they won't give them a chance. And obviously domestic violence is one of those Terrible. where you don't really get another chance. And it's up to you can talk to whoever you want. I don't whether you think that's right or wrong, but I, I just think it's uh I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how he does actually. Because that's gonna uh, be a real card. that's gonna be a real that's gonna be a real conversation that's gonna happen. No matter what happens to Greg Hardy forever, I assume. Yeah. I mean listen, I don't even know anything really about the sport, but I do know that just happened right there. But I guess he kicks the shit out of people too. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know if they're just feeding him like, you know, bums out there. But I, I think the last time it was a very quick. I don't know how many NFL guys you think could make the transition into professional fighter. I, I mean, how old is what's his face? He's still doing it. Uh, the freak athlete that stiff arm Connor Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. I think he's still like fighting. Fifty five. He's like fifty five yeah. years old. How many professional football players you think could make the transition into the cage and do well? You think a lot. I think it, it would it would help a lot if they had some kind of uh, number one. I think wrestling background growing up, which a lot of football players do, especially Whoa. big dudes. Whoa. Or if you had some just some kind of martial arts experience, whether you grew up, I don't know, as a kickboxer or something. Like you need some kind of experience to help. And I, I don't think Greg Hardy had any, but he's such a big physical freak and such a stud athlete. He's he's picked up on it pretty quick. But I don't. I think. A lot less than most people think. Some people think, oh, look at these big dudes. I can just throw them in there. No, absolutely not. You'll get worked, man. Like When you go against true professionals that have been doing this since they were in, they were five years old, this is what they've been doing while you've been playing football, baseball, basketball. They've been doing mixed martial arts. Whoa, 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 arms we're not there yet yeah exactly i'm fighting an armless legless man <laughs> one like okay name's matt hey matt matt matrione no see there's a guy that is much more thoughtful than you would ever think as a fighter that's why i didn't want to do any offense to any fighters because like i understand you're very thoughtful people but i assume that there are some fighters in there who have i mean the guy the what? one guy that was boxing in madison square garden um i was talking to adnan verk or whatever i think he just got out of jail for uh, uh, attempted murder. I think the guy got out of jail for attempted murder. 
and he was he was a professional boxer at the time, and he got thumped. And I'll tell you, that was my lead off with my interview. It was like a lot of people were saying it was nice to see the guy that attempted to murder somebody uh, get beat in the first round. There, you know, that was my. I think that was the. I don't. I don't remember. You know what's weird about when when people want to get offended by different certain like everyone whatever you you have the right to be offended. At whatever Amen. You want. Yeah, you That's do. where we are right now. But when a lot of times, especially in MMA. When fighters start talking and they go back and forth, like in press conferences and through the media and whatever, a lot of people are like, oh, this are they crossing the line? He's he's getting too personal with his trash talk and what he's saying. Like this is crossing the line. Should we? Should there be some kind of line where they don't cross verbally before? And a guy that I used to do a serious show with, R.J. Clifford, who fought for a while too, he said, "Are you serious?" He's like. You're going to be offended by what they're going to say before the fight. He said they're going to be locked in a cage in shorts and nothing else, and they're going to try to kill each other. The first one to, to get them to submit or knock them out cold is the winner. That's what. If you want to be offended, isn't that much more offensive than the words they're using before the fight? My favorite thing, too, is when somebody is visibly unconscious and the ref doesn't, <laughs> stop, doesn't interrupt. Somebody could be just... Sleep falling. <laughs> His, the guy that just knocked him out is going to try to hit him with at least six more to make sure. He, there's just something they have that I. You have to. You they, the ref tells them, hey, you go until I stop you. Like so, you can't leave it up to them and let that guy recover. One of Floyd Mayweather's most. Um, I, I don't know the proper word. Is uh, it's a big one. Is when the ref came to split them up. They bumped gloves, and then the ref came to split them up or whatever. And Against then, uh, Bradley, I think that was the fight. <laughs> he knocks the dude out oh, immediately yeah. afterwards, and then he celebrates. And it was, mm -hmm. It's like such a good heel move. Oh, but I awesome. would assume how <laughs> I would assume boxing fans did not love that, but that buys in to the who will beat up Floyd Mayweather, let me buy another pay-per-view that's 100 bucks, and then I'll pay him another $600 million in one night or whatever. That's great marketing. Um, speaking of great marketing, we had this conversation off air, but we didn't get to it. The Miami Dolphins, who just drafted two Tonga Valoa, and they have Ryan Fitzmagic. Beeflo is a coach. Seems like they're really trying to revamp the Dolphins of the past, especially in lieu of Coach Shula's passing away here. Rest in peace to him, obviously. Uh, most winning coach in the history of the NFL. Damn handsome guy. Only undefeated season. Did a lot for the sport. But I assume the Dolphins are trying to get back to that same type of legendary thing. They said that they figured out a way to do a game and have fans even in the world that we're currently in. Potential attendance of 15,000 fans. It normally seats 65,300 some. Fans enter at different times and gates. Exit row by row to avoid congestion. Colored spots on ground indicate proper distance leading up to fan entrance. All fans must wear masks and order food from their seats. So you have a server. First public facility to earn Global BioRisk Advisory Council Star Accreditation. No clue what that award is at the end. <laughs> Seems like a big fucking deal. But how much would you pay to be one of these 15,000 fans? If you have your own section, your own entrance time, your own server, I think this is something that I would want to be a part of. I, I don't know if it's an every game thing, but that first game, I assume they can up the price for this just because people are going to want to be back at a live event and people are going to want to be a part of the first stadium that does something like this. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, I think you're absolutely right. People are, are hungry for anything. And this, at least, it gives us some kind of model of what it may look like of having some fans in the stadium. I think this is the future for, I don't know how long, but this is what it's going to look like getting people back in to live events, not just football games, basketball, and concerts. I think we're going to have all kind of weird things like this going to be put in place over the next, what, three, four, six months. So it's just going to be a sweet life for everybody. Everybody's oh, in a suite. Yeah. Everybody gets their own server. 
Everybody what if you want to leave early? Like, what if you're leaving early or whatever when they, they see, dismiss see, you by you raise, raise? Can you, you raise still go? Hand. No, it's just, it's just like wedding reception, Bob. Go get the food when your fucking table's called. Okay? <laughs> that, that is, don't be going up there causing a big backup. You're at table 40 for a reason. You don't matter. Okay? Stay down. Let the parents eat. That's what it would be like at Dolphin Stadium, in my eyes. If, to have servers, for say there's 15,000 fans, how many servers are you going to have to have if you want to be able to get some food? How much are the tickets? That now this is where we were at. I, whenever I heard it was only fifteen hundred people were allowed to go into the stadium. Whenever I first, whenever this was first brought up in conversation, I was like, "Oh, they're going to be able to charge ten grand if they want to get into that." People want to flex on Instagram so hard that they're one of the fifteen hundred people. Now that it's fifteen thousand, it doesn't seem as exclusive. Fifteen thousand is a big arena. I think they could probably go up to. I think they'll probably charge a thousand bucks a ticket for this. You think they'll get 15,000 people to pay 1,000? Maybe the first game, first but I mean, one. eventually that's going to die off. First game, I think for sure, especially down in Miami. I mean, there's a lot of people flexing down in Miami already, yachts and things of that nature. I would assume they could charge 1,000 bucks to people. Now, are they charging the same price for the upper deck, 15,000? Yeah, I mean, that's where it... Well, even like 50 Hopefully they put them all in the lower, lower bowl, though, don't you think? Well, I think the only reason why they could do 15000 because that's the entire thing because they have enough space. So some somebody's going to be up there in the top shelf. Maybe that's only, what, a $250 ticket. I, I assume every ticket in this place is going to be rather expensive. Yeah, probably. I mean, if, if you're paying a thousand bucks and you're sitting way the fuck up there, like, who boy, I would not be happy. Yeah, hey, what about tickets? all the support staff and the people it takes to open and run oh, the stadium yeah. and cook the food and get the drinks? Like, are they going to be able to distance themselves? Yeah, they better be masked up if they're giving me nachos to my seat. Connor makes a good point. Like, it's probably the season ticket holders, and they've already paid their certain amount for the tickets. Oh, there's no way they're just going to let that fly. Well, then they'll just tell them, well, I don't know if the Miami Dolphins are in a position to tell their season ticket holders, we'll just drop you and move to the next. I'm not, I don't could know. They, well, could they do it and say, okay, oh, you want, uh, you want a pretzel and a beer? That'll be $640. <laughs> Is that how they're going to make it up? <laughs> I don't know. But the, the season ticket holders being forced to buy the two home games for preseason games is – one of the best moves I've ever seen. Are they playing football? <laughs> you said you wanted season tickets. Is, it, is preseason not have the word season right there in it? Get the tickets, pal. <laughs> and then don't, don't they have to pay on top of it, though, if that team has a home playoff game? You've got to buy those tickets separate. Yeah. 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 But, you, but you get first dibs on your own seats that you bought, which is very nice. Very, very nice. That's good. Hey, good. Hey. Hey. That's business, baby. <laughs> That's They're billionaires for a reason, right? Amen. Um, let's get to uh, Marshawn Lynch, guy that you ran face to face with. Uh, he says on ESPN last night the SVP incredible interview with Scott Van Pelt. I've been watching uh, Scott Van Pelt's show a lot. I enjoy the way his brain operates. I, I enjoy I enjoy his conversations with people. I like that show. Marshawn Lynch was on there last night. Said his agent is currently talking to Seattle about a potential another deal to come back to the um, Seattle Seahawks. And he said if it doesn't work out, he ain't tripping. So <laughs> remember, he was serving tequila shots uh, for at Oakland Raiders tailgates just two weeks before he had valuable playing time for the Seattle Seahawks this past season. Marshawn Lynch is one of those athletes who can turn it on, turn it off whenever the hell he wants. He's been very smart business-wise by all accounts. He's nothing but cool to us, respected by everybody. And if he gets back in the game, I think everybody's going to be happy about it. And if he's not, I think he, just like everybody else, is like, we ain't tripping. It's been a good run with Marshawn Lynch. The dude's been awesome to watch. He's smart for saying, like, basically, it's, it's if someone comes at you, Pat, and they say, hey, 
we want you, we'll pay you 100K. I want you just to wear this sweatshirt for three days on the air. And you're like, you send him an email. Nah, thanks, pal. I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Then guess what? Probably two days later, they're like, can you believe this dude turned down 100K just to wear a sweatshirt? Then they're going to up that thing to 200K and then you might do it. So yeah, you, you're bringing like people want to be a part of it if you act like you don't care. Bingo. That's why you always got it. That's why Affliction was charging $75 a shirt. You know, that shirt's better than every other shirt that's made <laughs> in the same product, same quality. Probably better design, too. Those Affliction designs were tough. But, hey, we are all bought in. It's all Mark. I, I like the fact that he's telling people, yeah, if it's worth the right price, I'll come back. I'll think about it. I think it's awesome. It's like Brett Favre charging 500 bucks on Cameo. Like, yeah, I'm on here, but I don't really want to do oh, it. No, if I do, I'm going to no. get paid. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You did this on purpose. Did. Come on. What? AJ. You brought up Brett Favre's name on purpose. Brett isn't in trouble, it seems like. Well, Brett just said, um, yeah, I'll do that. And the Mississippi Community Education's Education Center seems like they're the ones that are going to have to answer some questions. Go on. Why don't you tell them what happened, AJ, and your opinions and your thoughts and uh, who's in trouble and who's not? First off, these are all allegations. I don't know what's going on, but there was some audit done, and that's why I wrote it down. The Mississippi Community Education Center paid Brett $1.1 million. Is this still only one year? In one year, they paid him this. One payment was for five hundred some thousand. Yeah. So I think it was two, it was yeah. a couple appearances worth a, a lot. Yes, of money. for supposedly appearances, promotions, autographs, speaking gigs, and what they went and they did research and the, through the audit, and they found that Brett was not there at any of these appearances and all this. But it got me thinking: couldn't this be a memorabilia deal? Like I, I know even when when guys are playing, they have memorabilia deals where they sign a certain amount of things throughout the course of the year, and they get a guy like Brett could easily say, okay. I'll sign however many items. I want 25 hours on a net jet. Like, you could do that. Like, is this one of those deals? Okay, good. Great point that I did not think about, by the way, because I had Panini or whatever. They sent me uh, 2,000 cards or something like that, and I was getting a paid per card rate or whatever. And uh, by, by the way, I did not finish all the cards I was supposed to because it was the most tedious shit of all time. And I, I signed a bunch, but there was a whole other stack that was equally the same size, and I was like, <laughs> my hands do get cramped <laughs> while writing my name here but that could definitely be the case now granted 1.1 million now that means brett negotiated a hell of a deal or he signed a lot of stuff if that is what happened and i bet you brett and his agent are just looking at this like hey that's business baby and he did business with the mississippi government i would assume that whoever was negotiating these deals maybe they were big fans of brett and they were negotiating this deal so they could hopefully win over brett's friendship and hang around them by paying them a gross amount of money or maybe brett did sign a million things for i mean maybe brett only did a dollar an autograph we do not know, but it does seem as if the people that were giving the money were potentially doing something a little bit shady because I guess there was other deals happening with cousins of said person that was making <laughs> deal and, and after and brother-in-law. Yep. And after watching McMillions, it feels as if I'm a little bit more woke to these types of situations on how the kickbacks work and stuff like that. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I hope Brett Favre didn't do anything other than a good business decision for himself, but it does feel like the person that was sending said money to brett is potentially in a little bit of hot water <laughs> yeah it seems like it seems like it's playing out that way and like you said this is just the tip of the iceberg but it, even w one of the things i read said brett is not like facing criminal charges i mean worst thing worst thing that could happen for brett it seems like 
is that he's going to have to pay the money back. Or lose his copper fit endorsement. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, this is separate. This is completely different. Don't you do What I think he'll do is he'll take some of his copper fit money. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just say, you know, you say, you know what, Mississippi? How about we do this? You get 20% of the copper fit elbow sleeves and knee sleeves. I keep the wrist, and then we'll be able to negotiate <laughs> this whole thing back. You'll make more than $1 million. Have you ever seen us? We're in the as-seen-on-TV aisle in every fucking store. Brett Favre's face is basically the entire as-seen-on-TV mm -hmm. aisle, and I'll be damned if I don't have enough vitamins. I will buy every one of them. Is he still a Wrangler? Oh, yeah. Oh, if he wants. I mean, a he, legacy at Wrangler. He didn't yeah. have to do any more Wrangler, by the way, because the state of Mississippi was paying him a million dollars. So now he's going to get back into that game, probably. Uh, I like what Brett has done. I, and I like the fact that he can drive a golf ball 370 yards. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Brett Favre guy. You know, people always ask, like, oh, what's Brett doing with that copper fit stuff? And you just mentioned it. It's in every single store in, in America, at least, probably worldwide, in the as seen on TV aisle. And there's multiple products, too. Oh, yeah. When you can get in all of those stores, like Brett's got to be making so much money from that. Yeah, he's going to be on Shark Shock Tank. Shock. Shock. Shock Tank. Thank it's going to be on Shock Tank next to Lori, who's the QVC uh, master. Brett's going to be up there. He's like, well, yeah, I threw footballs for a little bit. I signed autographs for the state of Mississippi. I sold Wranglers. And then where I, where I really hit it big was this fucking copper fits are everywhere, and I just made a billion dollars. So now I would like to invest in whatever the hell you got going on. And if it's a, a long-distance driver, sign me up because I'll hit that some bitch 600, 700 yards. Brett Favre is living his best life right now. So you're saying, oh, I, I thought you, you said he's going to take Copper fit nah, to the shark. No, no, no way he doesn't. He's a shark. Are you kidding me? His autographs are worth one point one million. He is a shark. 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 Yeah, I would. I mean, that would be good TV to see Brett up there wearing a t-shirt and Wranglers and a hat next to all those rich people. Shoot, I don't really know that stuff. I'm out. Oh man, I love that show. I love that show. Are they still putting new ones out? Uh, I'm not sure they're able to create, but they have, what, 47 seasons logged? So every night. I, I'm almost at the bottom of the barrel, though. There's been numerous times I've turned on CNBC or whatever, and it's been a repeat. I'm like, would you watch a Zoom edition to that? Shock, 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 shock. I, I saw a Zoom of The Voice last night. Uh, it wasn't. Bad audio. Good. It wasn't bad. It was, I think I like that they did it. Like, I, I mm -hmm. like that there was a show. Sam loves the show. I'm, I was waiting for Songland with Martina McBride. Yeah, is that, is that tonight? That was last night. Missed it. Fucking awesome. You can watch it on demand. <laughs> Great show. But uh, Blake Shelton was so disinterested in that entire thing, sitting in his house in Oklahoma. I think he was just, like, kind of comfortable. There was moments there where <laughs> John Legend and, and Jonas and uh, the Kelly were, like, dancing with the person, and Blake is just a close-up of his face just staring at the screen. And I, I <laughs> loved how awkward it was. But I think I would watch a Zoom. No, nah, I can't watch a Zoom, Shark Tank. Where is CeeLo at? Oh, they changed Judges it Judges changed. Yeah. changed it and Adam... Wasn't CeeLo yeah. gone after season one? Yeah, yeah CeeLo, by he the way. He got pushed out a lot of people. Yeah, so. I think he... Uh, well, he was there. well, I'm sure Ty knows. CeeLo, there are some allegations. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, there are some, some <laughs> he, allegations. He changed his name from Niles Barkley. People forget that. Well, oh, that was a band he was in. Yeah, so not accurate. But the, <laughs> when he was on the band and by himself there, there were some allegations that. that came out. It's all right. Hey. Take a shot. I thought his name was Charles Barkley, and then he was like Niles Barkley. Yeah. 
Hey, by the way, very valid thought right there. Very, very valid opinion and thought. I'm on your side here. But he got pushed out. Christina Aguilera was there. She got pushed out. Um, who else? Gwen Stefani was there. She Howard Stern? Where was Howard Stern? What show was he on? America's Got Talent. By the way, dream job for me right there. Blake's new wife. Gwen Stefani, yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they'll pay you $6 million a year to do that? What, America's Got Talent? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it's perfect for my type of uh, vitamin inhale. The things that show up on those stages that I just got to react and judge judge them, I mean, that's a dream job. I would enjoy watching that show every single night. Could you be critical of them, though? That's like what sets the judges apart when you can be critical. It's not just all, like, oh, you're so good. I think it's great. Maybe the timing is off. Maybe regroup and come back in six months, but you're going to be great Like when the person's awful. I think I would be able... You do it with... You do it with the callers. I think you could do it with. Yeah, it would be. It would be a. It's different... tougher when they're standing right in front of you, though, yeah. than when they're a caller. See, I think I'm better face to. I would rather do it face to face, so I don't feel like a coward. You know, because on the radio, yeah. I kind of feel like a coward. I think because, like, I don't know who the person is. Why it's a 14 year old? What if other 14 year olds have called us who just have a deeper voice? And I'm in here just be terrible call, fucking kid. Like I don't know that. <laughs> but on the thing, like, I, I think I'd be able to. I don't know. I think I'd be able to do it though. But those shows are America's Got Talent. For a long time. Now, once it gets into the shit, I, I can't do it. But what about the, Nick Cannon, though? He's the host of which one? He's uh, gone. He's, yeah, yeah. Mass Singer. Yeah. He's the host of the Mass Singer. But he was the host of uh, America's Got Talent, wasn't he? Yeah, and then Khloe Kardashian was in there for a little bit. It, w it didn't go great. Wow. Terry Crews? Now Terry yeah, Crews is yeah. the host. Yeah, Terry. That's his. That seems like right in his... His lane. Hey, his suits are very nice, too. His suits are very, very nice. And obviously, he looks massive. Terry played in the NFL. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Office yeah, linebacker. Yeah. That's Terry Tate. That's Terry a different Tate. guy. Yeah. Probably wide receiver, I thought. Oh, it's not the same thing, Tony. No, Terry <laughs> Crews legit played in the NFL. <laughs> what? Uh, 49ers. What does that mean? What are you talking about? You said Terry Tate and Terry Crews, same person? No, no. That's not what I said. Don't do that to me. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, Terry Tate, what, is that the office linebacker? Mm -hmm. Shit. Wow. Why is that such a slight? Oh, <laughs> my. Is there something about Terry Tate I don't know? Oh, he was a Charger. Sorry, guys. Anyways, who Terry Crews play for? Charges. How long? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting to the bottom of this. Got a boy, Z. There's a I was little... looking at a photo. 16 games. So um, he was drafted by the Rams in the 11th round in 1991 and played 10 games for the or six games of the Rams. Ten games of the Chargers. Sixteen's all. And the Ryan Fire. Yeah, the Ryan Fire, the Redskins, and the Eagles. Played 32 games total. <laughs> it's actually right below. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, just one little scroll. <laughs> That'll get you, you know. I did not know he was a game. I, I did not know he was an NFL. What, linebacker? Linebacker slash D-end, it says. Woo. It was hybrid. See the original hybrid? Hey, he can make those boobs bounce, too. I mean, he makes his boob bounce. You know what I mean? You see those boobs? Oh, he's from Flint. Went to Western Michigan. Flint, Michigan? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's go tro Let's get tropical. Let's get, <laughs> get tropical. Yeah, that's, tropics. that's a much better PR spin. Jackie Moon did a lot for that town because, <laughs> honestly, people need to send money or send water up their stats. Yeah, Still, Flint needed that. Huh? More than Henry Ford, a lot of people would Yeah. Do. Yeah. He was horrible. Because if you've seen that movie, Henry's not a nice guy. Get the funk out of my face. Get the funk out of my face. Get the funk out of my face. Get the funk. Out of my face. If you don't like my music, you don't have to use it. Funkin' is a... Did you like uh, when Will Ferrell, whatever, jumped in on the Zoom call with the Seahawks? Yeah, exactly. Greg Olson? <laughs> Backwards hat. The way he portrayed Greg Olson. <laughs> 
which is maybe my favorite thing the entire time. I just like the way he, li he lifted his jersey up and he showed his nips and his whole body. Like he didn't need to lift it up so high. Like he, he pulled up to his neck and did a 360 to show his body. Will Ferrell, has Will Ferrell hit in a while? Oh. No. Uh, What's his latest movie? Uh, Sherlock. Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson. People have... <laughs> Uncle Todd had one of the greatest movie reviews of all time that got buried on the internet of uh, Holmes and Watson. And it was... <laughs> I'm thinking of it right now. That movie was bad. But I think Will Ferrell as a person is funny wherever he's at. Like, he, he'll go mm -hmm. do those late night shows, always in character, always hilarious. He did that baseball thing, obviously hilarious. And in this situation, I think Will Ferrell is always going to be funny. And I think Funny or Die is probably making them a lot of money at oh, this yeah. point. Yeah, he started Funny or Die, right? With uh, yeah. who's the big director or whatever? Adam McKay, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, Get Hard, wasn't he in Get Hard? Get yeah. Hard. Yeah, yeah, he also does. Uh, he Hard produces Succession, which is a pretty successful show on HBO. That is true. Yeah, yeah. that's a good movie. Good show. I mean, <laughs> good is that show. the one where they peed on the guy first scene? Nah, it's no, billions. that's Billions. Huh, still can't get past it. Everybody told me Billions is good. I tried my best. Guy gets beat on the first scene. I can't do it. I can't. Of the of the first season? Oh, first, that, first scene. Opening scene is yeah. this guy getting uh, peed on. I've seen Billions. Yeah, it's, it's written by the same guy that wrote Rounders. Yep. It's great. I, I like it. Giamatti gets peed on the opening scene. Yeah, if a guy. Well, oh, like the BDSM stuff he's into? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah listen, he got peed on there? Welcome. Whips and chains, handcuffs, smack a little booty up with my butt. I get it. <laughs> you do what you got to do, pal. But if the writer says this is the first scene, like I just assume that me and that guy not going to get along, probably not going to like his show or girl whoever wrote it. That's what I, that's how I just can't do it. Did you like rounders? Oh, I liked rounders a lot. Same mind. guy. By the way, good movie there. That's a long you're ass time ago. You, that's a long ass time ago. You think that, uh, none, you're saying none of your friends that you're around, you don't think any of them have been peed on? Oh, no, no. Believe me. I've had conversations with plenty of friends who have described ridiculous things that they like doing behind closed doors. I mean, absurd things that I did not know happened in real life and I feel like I might have lived a very sheltered life whenever these people started telling me <laughs> stories of things that they enjoyed doing and now I'm picturing that person doing it while I'm talking about this and I'm trying to move on but it's not about that it's the fact that that guy thought that was the opening scene of the entire fucking thing was that that is what needed to happen if that happens maybe three quarters of the way through the show after I've met this guy a little <laughs> bit okay but the first thing I'm seeing of this guy is tied up getting pissed on it's like all right like well, most people are going to tune in because they want to know what what that's about. They're not going to tune out like you. Um, that's see, I can judge well. It'll grab your attention, like they mm -hmm. taught you in second grade when you're writing papers. Like the first sentence or two has to be like an attention grabber. Well, the internet's the same exact way, by the way. The internet, I I should respect it, I guess, but I just I can't. I just I just I don't do hey, it. Hey, what are these these post draft rankings? Do you have those? Oh yeah, here we go. That ESPN did. Yeah, where do you want to go? Do you want to go from from ten? Up to number one. What's the fifteen to one? What's fifteen to one? So fifteen Patriots, middle of the pack. They say the Patriots lose Tom Brady. They lose. By the way, this is the ESPN Power Rankings post draft that they put out to rank all NFL teams. Now the schedule is potentially being. Released. I hate Power Rankings usually. <laughs> one thousand percent. People love watching us judge the people that judge the NFL teams. Though I am Pat McAfee. To my left, AJ Hawk. We will judge the judges at ESPN of the Power Rankings. Number fifteen. They have the New England. Patriots obviously this is not normal for the Patriots to be in this position anywhere near the draft or going into a season you lose Tom Brady Gronk comes out of retirement offensive line coach leaves special teams coordinator is absolutely gone the now uh, scouting 
coordinators with the Tennessee Titans. Everybody's jumping off ship except for Nike the dog, Bill Belichick, <laughs> and potentially Jared Stidham. Yeah. 15 for them is a wild move. They still have Bill Belichick as a head coach. So the, they're saying, oh, they're not ranking their draft. They're ranking no. where they are. Yeah. Okay, ranked. I thought these were like powered rankings for the draft, like who did the best. No, this is team, how they feel like the teams are going to stack up. So at 14, they have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's coming back after Tommy John. They almost made the playoffs last year strictly off that defense with Duck playing quarterback. Duck, obviously great quarterback, not Ben Roethlisberger. I think that's a potential low seeding for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, nah, it might be about right. Look, look at their division. They got Joe Burrow. They're going to be facing now. The Bengals shouldn't be a cakewalk, you would think. What a shot there. Ravens are getting better always, I feel like. Don't you? The Browns, who the hell knows what they're going to be? The Ravens, the Ravens might bring in Antonio Brown, too. So let's assume Antonio Brown, if he gets out of any suspension or a post-suspension, he could potentially add to that team. 13, they have the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts lost to the Steelers last year when the Steelers had a hurt quarterback in that game. Jacoby Brissett, now backup quarterback. They bring in Phillip Rivers. They bring in another running back to the backfield, Jonathan Taylor. I think the Colts got better this offseason, even though they could have had Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski a Allegedly. Yeah, I guess I, I had a, a detour quick, Pat, because I've seen a lot of workout videos going around. And I'm just wondering, when you see these guys doing different athletes in different sports doing these quarantine workouts and they like to yell and grunt and maybe do like quarter squats with 725 pounds on, do you, are you, do you get really excited? Like, oh, this guy, best year ever for him. And then all of a sudden you go to the next video and you see another IG uh, story of another guy working out. Like, do you just think this is going to be – the most massive year in all of time for, for all of sports. It feels as if everybody's really getting after it in the gym and they're showcasing that to everybody. A man who has great videos of him working out all over the internet has since he was at Alabama. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are ranked at number 12. <laughs> People are not going to be happy with the way I said that. Carson Wentz said he's cool with whatever makes the team better. Carson Wentz probably doesn't love this. They said that they're going to use him in different positions. The Eagles were a good team last year. They were very hurt. Carson Wentz led them to some wins. You think the Eagles get out of the uh, NFC East? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. what, what If Carson Wentz can stay healthy the whole year, yeah, they'll be fine. I, I like their defense at times, but... Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are another team. It's always like, questionable. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy, they'll be fine, and they have a good chance. If they, not, I don't like it. They, they brought in one of the best corners in the game from Detroit for a bag of balls, so that could <laughs> potentially help their secondary, which was not great last year. At number 11, they have Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia, obviously – made a playoff run last year. They no longer have the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady really to worry about, unless they do. I mean, that's neither here nor there. But I feel like that's a team that's potentially on the rise. Lorenzo Alexander was on our show earlier, former linebacker of the Bills for a long, long time. He said that that team will not bring in Cam Newton in his eyes. It does not seem like that's a landing spot for Cam Newton, which some people are saying. Josh Allen has to take that next step. The Bills made a big jump last year. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't have to come to me at the end of each each of these if you don't want to, Pat. You hit you do a great job of reviewing the whole team from top to bottom. But the Bills, they're going to win as long as their defense plays well. They're going to win, and I agree. Don't put Cam Newton in there. Don't put Cam Newton in with a young quarterback like Josh Allen that is going to be your franchise dude. 
Why would you bring Cam in and kind of mess everything up? How about the Cowboys at number 10, Mike McCarthy? Why were you laughing previously? Well, it was because just like what you said was very true, but I, <laughs> I didn't think about the fact that I wasn't really leaving anything for you to say. That's 100% all. Oh, right. you don't need to leave anything for me to say. You, I mean, you could just hit the, the, the hot spots. Well, Wait, the Cowboys are where? 10. 10? They are 10 strictly because they're going to be on primetime television every single week. Is Andy Dalton going to be their quarterback? We will find out on Thursday when Andy Dalton joins us. Hopefully, hopefully, Ooh. yeah. He Thursday he planned. Uh, he he confirmed with me that he would be on Thursday. So hopefully nothing changes. I think he very much understands that that's Dak Prescott's team, and he's going to be a backup quarterback and hopefully make Dak Prescott better, but ready to do whatever he's got to do. Because Andy Dalton seems like a very good dude. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that's very accurate. And don't you think it also will get Dak to sign his tender? I don't know. Eventually, I guess. I have no idea what's going to happen with Dak. I, because I've already said on numerous occasions, I could not look at a piece of paper that says I'm going to make $32 million in the next six months and not sign it. But he has somehow withstood the temptation to sign that piece of paper. And I respect it, by the way. If it works out good business-wise for him, good. He, are, he, he deserves all the money in the world. I just don't think I could do it. So I'm not 100% sure what the hell Dak's going to do because I can never be in his position. Do you guys think, like, when all this gets figured out and training camp day one starts, if they hadn't signed Dalton, they're like, all right, we've got to give Dak what he wants. But now that they have signed Dalton, they could still play hardball with Dak and stay on their number because they have a quarterback who can start on day one. I, that They said this wasn't for leverage. This was just to build depth or whatever. But everything in the world is for leverage. Who knows what's going to happen to the Cowboys at number hey, 10? Hey, hold on. Going back to it, it, I understand, yeah, it definitely will help with leverage, I think, a little bit. I, don't, I mean, probably not a whole lot. I think Dak feels good about where he's at and in that they need to pay him. But also, like, it's a no-brainer for the Cowboys. Why not? You have Dak. you got a, a guy that's won a ton of football games in the NFL behind him and Andy. You don't have to pay him a ton of money. He's a backup, and it's not like, okay, we got all the pieces in place. We drafted well. Everything's good to go. We want to win the Super Bowl. But, oh, Dak Prescott gets hurt. We're screwed season over. No, now you don't have that. You don't have that worry. You have the depth you need. Well, and also, if he gets COVID-19. Yeah. 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 Did Peter say that on your show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Peter King said that on my show, yeah. What did you say? Did you have a follow-up? <laughs> no. I um we pulled hair out never of your thought head. about yeah. the follow-up. I uh, I took my hat. I had a hat on. I did a full. I did. That's the first time in a long time somebody said something to me that just I did not expect. You know, like I feel like people say things. I'm like, okay, I could expect that. When he said that, it was it was. Oh! 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 That's what it was. Those last those elbows coming from the bottom going up. Those were serious. <laughs> well, that's what me and Johnny Bones Jones do. I know. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? We keep him at bay. Excuse me, excuse me. Oh, oh. <laughs> You know, and sometimes you miss. Sometimes you miss because they got oil on their face. You can't always connect. Let's get to uh, number nine, the Vikings. They obviously win a playoff game in New Orleans. Kyle Rudolph with a push-off. Score that touchdown. Uh, um, he says it didn't happen. It was a great touchdown, great game. Kirk Cousins becomes primetime Kirk. I assume they're only going to get better. Eight Titans, they bring back Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Will they be able to find the magic that they found last year? Not 100% sure. Love, love, love Rabel and his family on draft night. At seven, they have the Bucks. number seven. I'm not sure what they would have been rated before bringing in Tom Brady and Gronk. They're at number seven. Do you see that team having – I really do. I don't know why. I guess camaraderie could be an issue early, especially with no offseason training, and they might not be able to figure things out. But I think once they do, they could be a real problem. I don't think camaraderie is going to be an issue at all. I mean, Tom Brady, he seems like the ultimate guy to bring everybody together. Okay. Like Tom, you hear Tom's former teammates, his current guys he's ever played for. 
that's all they talk about is how like Tom. There's so many stories of Tom walking up and introducing himself to guys that are on the team for like nine hours that come in for a workout. Hey, I'm Tom. And then Tom sends them a text when they leave. Twelve hours later, they were barely they barely even got a jersey with that team. But Tom still like is involved in everything, and it seems like he is the guy to bring people together. Now, <clears throat> will they struggle because they don't have the off season? I don't know. They may timing may be a little bit of an issue, but that's something with the. The receivers he has and with Tom's experience, they'll be fine. And Gronk is always there to hold them together. I think they're going to be very good. They brought in the guy. The defense was terrible at the beginning of the year, but then they figured it out towards the end of the year. They're young. They went from 32 to number five overall. And also, it's not great. It's not easy to play defense whenever there's 30 interceptions on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Not not easy. I mean, that's just. I thought they'd be in the top five here for power rankings. I think seven maybe. That's a little higher than I thought. Okay. How about number six here? The Packers, the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, they were in the NFC Championship last year. They choose not to get better this year in the first round they choose to build for the future obviously a lot of question marks behind that they gave up 186 yards before contacting the NFC championship they didn't really address that they could still in due time they're at number six is that too high or too low for the team that you and I both are big fans of I mean it's probably about right just because Aaron is there if Aaron's healthy yeah it absolutely should should be floating around the top five when you're talking these dumb power rankings but (laughs) they're gonna do this and they don't they're not relying on any of their draft picks to step in and be starters day one. So I guess move. you could say, like, if any of them do, which they're going to get time, they're going. It's going to be just an added bonus, like the old. Oh, it's just well, icing on the top, as the old old men like to say in the dumb cliches. Like, if one of these rookies comes in and, and makes a big impact, they don't need it. They don't. They weren't really exactly expecting it this year. So I I don't know. I mean, like you said, they didn't do much for the present day team, other than they try to build up the future, but. No, I think they should be in the top five probably. The um, Last night in that game, there was a couple drop touchdowns that went right through wide receivers' hands. Uh, I got a chance to watch that. Happened a lot last year. 586 yards in drops, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. Let's assume that's at least six more touchdowns. He could have had 32 touchdowns last year with four interceptions. Not a bad ratio for a quarterback that everybody says yeah, has up. fallen off a little bit. Guys washed up. Uh, number five, here we go. Top five, Seattle Seahawks, the team that beat you in the fail Mary game last night on television. Russell Wilson is back they signed bruce Irvin back to the team pete carroll's obviously there it feels like that's another team that as long as they got russell wilson they're always going to be able to scrap with teams and come out and win some home games and win a couple away games and didn't they drafted uh jordan brooks the linebacker out of texas tech didn't they in the yeah, first yeah. round mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guy's gonna be good they already have stud linebackers there right now so he'll be a, a great piece i think to to add in there he's got a ton of speed so yeah seahawks should always be up there too russ you know russ likes to run around make plays figure things out, and hey, they might get Marshawn, may get some some nice touchdowns out of him. Seattle, Washington, by the way, if they have a season, because the murder hornets are fucking oh, flying oh, around gosh. in Seattle. Number four, New Orleans Saints. They get Drew Brees back on a $25 million deal. Jameis. Um, Jameis Winston is now the backup quarterback. Not bad to have a guy thrown against your defense who led the NFL in passing the year before that. Sean Payton's obviously still there. That team got better in the draft. I believe the Saints are always going to be something. This is something that I'll look forward to. Drew Brees is an older quarterback. He he tempted and talked about potentially retiring after this last season. He comes back with what everybody's assuming is his last season. He's a little bit older. 
His arm, will it be able to handle another full season? Now, he hurt his thumb last year. He had five games where he didn't play. Teddy Bridgewater came in and went undefeated for him. Will Drew Brees' arm be able to maintain through the entire year and into a deep playoff run into the Super Bowl? I think only time will tell, and I'm excited to see him not only have success this upcoming year, but also how he does in the fucking television booth, which he already negotiated a deal for. Yeah, I'm more interested in what he's going to be like when he's in the booth at NBC. And so if he, if Drew plays this year and decides to go and start his NBC career, his post-football career, does Collinsworth just get booted right away? I think he does Notre Dame, so Flutie gets booted right away. I uh-huh. think he does Notre Dame first or that Football Night in America show. And Wait, then, Drew or Collinsworth? Drew. Drew will go to, I believe, Notre I mean, we're just reading what everybody else is reading. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is alleged that he'll do Notre Dame games until Collinsworth is up in 2022 or something like that. Yeah, there was okay. also a potential uh, – Michaels, I believe, is up in 20. I can't remember which one. But um, there was a potential for NBC to potentially add a second booth they were talking about too with Tariko and Breeze to get a second game. There we go. Tariko, by the way, one of the smoothest play-by-play people. He's just kind of hanging out right now waiting for other sports. Let's go to um, number three, the San Francisco 49ers, who were dominant last year. If it wasn't for that pass interference call, I think we're talking a whole different story here about last year's 49ers team in the Super Bowl. I mean, what a run last year. They have veterans there. They lose Staley, but they bring in Trent Williams to seal up that hole immediately upon Joe Staley's retirement. I think the Niners are going to be a dominant force in the NFC yet again. I think they should be for five, six, ten years down the road. Why not? There's no. I think their coach is amazing. Jimmy G, I think he's plenty good enough to, uh, to help him out. And you got what Nick Bosa going into his second season only. And George Kittle. I mean, that is a... Great point. When are they going to pay him a billion dollars? He's up pretty soon. They have to soon. I mean, he's a different animal. He, he's a road grader if you need be. He's a freak athlete. He gets yak. He's a great person. I hope he can hold up. Like, I hope he plays so reckless. I, I, I hope his body holds up. It's kind of like Gronk, right? Like, Gronk was so yeah. big. Now, granted, he had back issues in Arizona. But when you're that big, that athletic, running that fast, there's going to be some big collisions. I mean, that's just the way it's going to go. And if you're always in those big collisions, because games come and go. So, yeah, defenders have to hit him. And obviously, they're going to experience it too. But he'll be in those collisions on a very regular basis. Will he be able to hold up? I hope so, because he is fun to watch, dude. Fun to watch. And he's an unbelievable blocker. So all the young kids that are in high school and college thinking like, man, I just got to want run sweet routes. I don't need to worry about blocking. Well, Kittle kind of screwed you because <laughs> they, they highly publicized how great of a blocker he is and how much he loves it. So I think he's kind of helped the whole tight end position as a whole. And Gronk, by the way. Gronk is also a great blocker. So you got yeah. the top two. And Kelsey. I don't know if Kelsey uh, does Kelsey. He blocks. but he, That offense doesn't call for it a month, but I would yeah. assume he does too. If you want to be in the NFL and you want to be a tight end, you have to be a little bit worth a fuck at blocking. Uh, unlike You just have to try. I just feel like you have to give good effort. Unlike. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Graham. That. There's a couple highlights there where Jimmy just goes ahead and mails it in and old Aaron just gets a Right. What if he thought? What if he was supposed to get help and the guy guy bailed on him? True. That's why you can't trust my vision or Pro Football Focus because they don't know what all the rules. He didn't are. catch he many passes. Right 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 John Taylor. He won a game for you. He won your playoff game for you. Turnstile. He's flying a lot of planes too. And what are you doing for me, Jimmy? Let's go number two. Uh, I, I like Jimmy Graham, but boy, he's got Mitchell Trubisky to throw to him next year, so everything is going to be good for him. Very done. 
Just kidding. <laughs> Nick Foles. I just saw Nick Foles, the heavy favorite, right, to be the yeah, starter. Oh, yeah. Mitchell Trubisky had to have surgery. Mitchell Trubisky was injured all last year. He was yeah. battling. Maybe if they made that public and didn't continue to let their quarterback just get buried publicly. It was, it was very public. He stinks. All right. Number two, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They got the MVP, Lamar Jackson, coming back. They potentially could add Antonio Brown. Nobody's saying they are, but boy, it feels like that's a potential landing spot for him if he was ever to get back in football. The Ravens were a fun team to watch last year because that dude right there, Lamar Jackson, is one of the most dynamic humans ever walked this earth. He was making professional athletes look like JV kids last year. He's only going to grow and get better, but will defensive coordinators figure out this offense, or is Lamar Jackson not figure outable? It's just until he's not Lamar Jackson anymore. Anymore. I mean, you can figure out as much as you want. You still got to find a way to make the play and stop this dude in space. And he, he just creates so many different issues with the run pass threat he always has. And like you said, he's only going to grow and get better in that in his decision making and how quickly he kind of he breaks everything down while he's on the field. So you can figure it out. But it's like, OK, there's only one Lamar Jackson on the, in the world. Like, yeah, everything's covered on paper. We look good. We got every gap covered. We should be good to go. Oh, wait, he juked three of us on 14 different plays this game. Yeah. How comparable is he to playing Michael Vick? Ooh. Now, Vick had an absolute rocket for an arm. I mean, but how – Hey, what did he throw that, that out of the stadium? Oh, the vortex. Yeah, vortex. He threw the nerve vortex out of the stadium. I seen him do it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vick used to be able to throw that thing. Yeah, he is a little bit like Vick. You're right. And he has – Vick, I think, is more – his straight line speed is off the charts, and Lamar is too, I'm sure – Lamar is more shifty, I think, and sudden, but Vic is just was impossible to stop, especially when he was in his prime. And Lamar, yeah, Lamar is in that same kind of vein. Did you play against Vic? Yeah, the playoff game actually mm-hmm. in how'd Philly. It, how'd it go? We won. What was the prep for? Who played quarterback whenever you guys were practicing in practice? Was it like a corner, a wide receiver, a running back? Who was it? I think sometimes we would have uh, like a corner or a safety step in and take the snap when it was going to be running type plays when. He'd be, he would just – the dude would run around for 19 seconds and we would just have to keep like our, our contain and our rush lanes and our pursuit. We, you're always working on your pursuit so you're not running behind each other. You know, it's like punt oh, coverage. Yeah. So we would always try to keep those – like our angles and use your leverage. And Yeah, well, I think we, now I, I'm pretty sure that did happen. Maybe, a, maybe it was a, a young safety or something, but it wasn't fun because you throw that in the middle of practice oh, and you have like an 18-second play where we're all just running around and coaches are yelling and freaking out. Like, It's not fun to prepare for guys like that. Well, and it's in a playoff, so what, that's at least 20 weeks into this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, obviously, um, Super Bowl MVP, a man who said, do we have enough time for Wasp in the Super Bowl, his own Philly Philly moment, where he took a snap, sprinted backwards, and off his back foot threw a 60-yard ball to Tyreek Hill for a first down on a third and long. One of the most impressive quarterbacks ever in the NFL with an offensive guru at at head coach who can draw up plays for them. They're only getting better. They're only getting faster. That defense led by Tyron Matthew was a, a monster. And obviously, the reigning defending undisputed Super Bowl champs whose parade led off with a high-speed cop chase down the middle of it. I mean, the Chiefs are the number one team in ESPN's eyes, and I don't know why anybody else would put anybody else above them. They're all coming back. They're healthy, and I think they're mature enough to handle it and potentially go on a run here. Yeah, I mean, because Pat Mahomes is at the helm, and he has tons of weapons around him. Andy Reid seems like the perfect coach, and their defense got better as the season went on. I think 
Signing Tyron Matthew was gigantic for this team. I don't think it gets enough attention how big of an impact that dude had, not Huge. only on the defense, but the whole team. Like that, He just seems like such a high-energy, positive guy. He's voted captain wherever he goes. He's just, yeah, I, I think you can't say enough about that dude. I, I'm a big fan of that guy. I'm a big fan. And he, get, he, he chirps online, too, which I respect a lot. That was our reaction to the entire ESPN post-draft power rankings where we judge the people that judge. We have somebody sawing into brick directly above <laughs> our head currently trying to fix an elevator, I guess. I have no idea how that happens. So I believe today's show, Cinco de Mayo edition of McAfee and Hawk, is probably coming to a close. Just want to remind everybody, if you're going to use headphones, especially wireless ones, use ones without stems or dangling stupidity, and use the Raycon E25s. You know any other celebrities that are attached to, to Raycon? Well, Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, mm -hmm. uh, and it was obviously founded by Ray J, H-I-H-I-H-I. Mm -hmm. And Frank Gore is going to the Jets. One-year deal. I love Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore. Dude loves football. Just loves football. That I got a chance to chat with him on a couple plane rides. Old school guy. Wears next to no pads. His uniform is always all over the place. You give him the rock, he's going to pick up three to four, maybe seven to 15 yards every single time. Has to get into a groove. Him and Le'Veon Bell in that backfield. There's a real thunder-lightning type uh, situation happening over there, especially if Frank Gore's so got it, and there's a lot of records. I assume he's going to try to go get. Yeah, I would. I have you ever asked him if he if he has been diagnosed with a concussion? <laughs> no, I, I try. I try to keep those conversations out of the locker room. I don't want to make anybody <laughs> turn down any shots. Well, I'm just saying, like Frank Gore is the guy from playing against him and watching him. He's given out probably thousands of concussions to guys that are trying to tackle him. But I I would be shocked if he's had one. Like he he is such a stout like. He's like hitting a, a piece of granite, and he's always so low. His leverage is perfect, and how he covers up the ball. Like, he is not an easy dude to tackle ever. Great teammate, too. Great teammate, OG-type uh, leadership in the locker room. I'm a massive Frank Gore fan. I forget this one year. He was wearing soccer cleats, I think. He wanted to wear soccer cleats, and... Like that, them trying to figure out how to get by the rules for the things that he wears. He, he would wear no pads if possible. Like Frank Gore is just one of those guys. If there was a chance to wear no pads, he would do that. And he's just tough, runs, not scared of anybody. And now he's going into what year? 15, 15 or 16. As a running back. He's 37. 37 Jeez. years old as a running back. That's insane. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer just for his ability, durability, toughness, and everything. He'll have all the records, I assume, whenever he's done. Out of the U, too. They used to live back then at the U. Good for him. I bet he was so pissed when the NFL changed the rule and made you put knee pads in your pants. Like, those are going to help. Like, it's going to really do something for you. <laughs> and you didn't. As a putter and kicker, you're exempt from that rule. But Frank used Good to have cool. the pants that are super high up and all that had tons of skin showing and then he had to put some knee pads in i bet he's pissed still hey that by the way that's why that guy's my commissioner because we were allowed to wear pants with no pads we're allowed to wear whatever shoes we want that's my commissioner you know what i mean year 16 oh, oh. is he frozen he's or frozen. Does he like the commissioner? Oh, looks like he's frozen oh my god is it because we're talking about roger goodell like uh he will not budge. Is that Rob? Look at him. All right, on, listen. AJ. Listen, you want to do it? I'll fucking stare you down. Who wins? Oh, he blinked. High <laughs> definition, he did blink. That's what I thought, AJ. That's it. Oh, jeez. What's going on there? Frank Gore, you're 16. Did they just saw into the... Maybe. 
and he's 3,000 yards behind. Is there any phone numbers on there? No. No, I just had to make sure. Yeah, no. Somebody's literally drilling in. From are we calling him back to say yeah, goodbye? Yeah, yep. yeah, probably smart. Now, what is going on up there? You think? Sawzall. I thought that was supposed to last two days. Hey, by the way, the FaceTime FaceTime has been lasting like an hour and ten minutes oh. at a time. Whenever we first started doing it, really doing it, it was only last like twenty minutes. Before I, will, I will be honest with you. He is hardwired in like no other though. Yeah. Well, AJ's got you know. His, Hello. <laughs> hey, you hey. and I had a staring contest. Whenever you're frozen there, I won. I was first. I don't know how how long I was on there. I was talking for a while, and I was like, "Man, as I was talking, I'm like, why is Pat not moving? Is he just really dialed into what I'm saying right now?" And then I realized as I stopped, I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Well, I think this show's over. Yeah, what happened? It wasn't on my end. Just that call failed. Well, sure feels like it was on your side. But you pixelate on my end. Your your connection went down like. 30 seconds before it froze, it was like kind of going weird. See, but that never happened with us nope. on this side. So it was clear, it was clear, and then he just froze with those. He, by the way, you froze in a stare down, which I assume a lot of quarterbacks got to eat throughout your your, your collegiate and NFL career. Just f- stone cold, frozen stare right through the camera is how it froze. That's what happened to me. I was looking at you. I got a little bit intimidated for a minute. Oh, so I gave you a good stare? Because every once in a while when you're FaceTime with someone, they can get stuck in a very compromising situation. you got to screenshot that as soon as it happens. Hey, do you guys pick the thumbnails that you put up for your YouTube videos? Oh, yeah. Old Billy. That's old Billy Tubes. Okay. Just curious how it works. Yeah, if you have a problem, talk to Billy. About okay, it. I'm very... Uh, you don't like the... AJ's never included in them. For some of these ones oh. on this show, oh. no, I'm no, oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the uh, just sometimes when you see like weird thumbnails, like who would pick that? It's Billy. Oh, so there's not a, just for us. I'm talking everyone's channel. Well, I didn't a, know if they randomly pick it. No, there's a method for everything though. There's like a real science behind everything. Yeah, there, it's. Oh yeah, a, I know the clickbait and all that. Like you put up whatever. I, I see everyone. Not yours. Down. I'm talking like. Everyone, like YouTubers. No, our we have oh, some boy. wild headlines on. Yeah, you did it now. Yeah, yeah, now. We, we, AJ, hey, Billy's here now. right now. Billy, Billy, you do select all the thumbnails, correct? Uh, a lot of them. A lot for the live ones. Like it'll auto-generate one, and mm-hmm. if it's good enough, I don't change it. But I can. I wasn't complaining about it. I was. I was uh, genuinely just curious. Sound like you weren't happy about it. I mean, I feel like you would have brought it up if you weren't going to complain about it. See that? That's Billy Tubes right there dissecting not only algorithms but your words. Billy, okay. And so, Billy, you're, you're a great guy. I love you. Do you ever bring good news into the room? <laughs> I think if you were to, like, average it out, probably not, no. <laughs> but that's the – hey, by the way, he does his thing. We thank him. We keep He's him awesome. Moving. Billy's the man. I'm when not saying things, anything bad When about things him. don't go good, Billy has to walk in here with his Rambo bandana on. That's his new thing. Uh-huh. He goes, ah, we lost connection for, like, 45 minutes <laughs> in that show. Ah, we just got striked for this. Ah, Kyle Larson's family just attacked us on it. I mean, that's what Billy's got to tell us. You know what I mean? Did that really happen? Uh, yeah, yeah. His family came after you? I don't know if it's family. Most We don't know. Remember, we our show got cut off in the middle of a conversation for no reason. They went back to the thing. So what could have happened is, and that was right after, you know, I mean, they're probably pretty, I was getting a lot of tweets from a lot of people about how me, yeah, I didn't understand Kyle Larson is what I was being told. That's what I'm saying. And by the way, 100% right, but I did understand clearly what he said. And <laughs> that is just not something you should ever mutter with your lips. But I'm not getting back into that battle because they took us down once. They won't take us down again. AJ, I appreciate you uh, for the show that we just had here. 
Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Good, good work, Billy. You know I love you. He's gone. Oh, he's he just slammed he's the door. Pissed. He is fucking mad. We're all screwed. We're all screwed anyway. I, I should probably stop pandering. To Don't him. you we us? Don't you? Yeah. We, that was you. Well, I have some separation from Billy. For now, man, not really. Billy knows. <laughs> You're right. Billy's. Hey, he's a wizard back there with the algorithm. Yeah, he's good. What they say to do is, when you're about to end a show, just drag it out <laughs> as long as possible. That's good for the numbers, which is good for the title, which mm -hmm. is good for the, uh, the thumbnail, thumbnail yep, thing. Yep, yep. Speaking of, the show's over. The greatest sports talk show on the internet from one to two time. So come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube Live. It's McAfee and Hawk. we're still alive uh the browns <laughs> plan to extend miles garrett to a long-term extension, has chance to make $25 million a year, a la Ian Rappaport. Miles Garrett, who is coming off of a suspension after taking Mason Rudolph's helmet off of his head, then beating him with it on national primetime television. He's going to come back, what everybody assumes, stronger, faster, smarter, with a chip on his shoulder. Andrew Berry and the Cleveland Browns negotiate a long-term deal with that man to pay him upwards of $25 million a year. He was a defensive MVP candidate before that Thursday night show. Uh, fight obviously it's a thursday night fight uh that should be on something that they should use that they probably do don't they yeah they probably do i think actually what's her face does it for sunday night football that's on me mm -hmm. anyways big time payday for a defensive lineman when there's a guy named Jadavion Clowney still in the market. This is good for Jadavion Clowney and good for miles garrett will he ever hit somebody else with their helmet tbd <laughs> tb D. How do you feel about it, AJ? I mean, it's a no-brainer. They're not going to let Miles Garrett go, so might as well do it now. Does this make him the highest-paid defensive player in the league? If he's uh, upwards twenty-five. I would assume his base contract is not, but with incentives, he has the chance to be. I, I, this is the only report that we have read. It seems like it says up to twenty-five million dollars a year. There's probably a lot of incentives in there, and I would assume one of them is not hitting other people with their helmet. <laughs> and I think a lot of people forget how good he was at football because of that moment, because he was on the Browns and they weren't necessarily winning all the time. He is very good at football. If he can just, you know, come back and uh, not not try to uh, behead. Demarcus Lawrence is the highest right now at $21 million a year for as far as DNs are concerned, so he's definitely getting more of that. I think, uh, what's his name, Cleo Max, probably around 23. So 25 base might not be out of the, the realm. Okay, there we go. You, you like Miles Garrett, I assume? Good signing here by the Brownies? Oh, great signing. Big physical dude. And I don't think he, there's any worry that something like that's going to happen again where he rips Scott's helmet off and starts uh -huh. going at it. Miles Garrett, it was never – everything you hear about the dude, he's like writing poetry in his room. He's quiet. He's, he's a really unique dude. He's, he doesn't like – he's not loud. And then he has this outburst against the Steelers. So I don't. I think it's a one-time thing. Okay. Well, you need a little bit of that. You need a little bit of that in, in your defensive guys. Not rip guys' helmets off, but in between the whistles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's McAfee and, and Hawk. It's McAfee and Hawk. Sports.
talk. Joining us now is a man that had success at Appalachian State. He goes to Louisville, turns the program around. Head coach of the Louisville football squad, Scott Satterfield. Yeah, Scott! Hey, boy, Scott! <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, no problem. You deserved it. Uh, congrats on an incredible season. I assume the offseason obviously much different with the quarantine. I think you, with a good football mind, will be able to turn your team around. Excited them to, for them to watch. I was reading up on some other things I would like to talk to you about because I think it's very vital to the future of the NCAA. This name, image, and likeness rule that's going to come into play for schools like Louisville, West Virginia, these kind of smaller schools that don't have these massive boosters, you said that you're a little bit worried that this could potentially become a problem because how do they keep this on the rails of just people signing autographs without boosters getting involved? Am I accurately depicting what your thoughts on this whole thing is? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, there's a lot of things and a lot of tentacles that will be coming out of this that we really don't know what's going to happen. You know, I'll, I'll worry about athletic departments. You know, if, if I'm a donor to an athletic department, um, let's say Louisville, and I usually give, you know, $50,000 to the athletic department, maybe I want to give to a player now. So I can, you know, befriend that player and, and maybe, uh, you know, when that player becomes an NFL you know, player, then I, I can hang out with him a little bit more. I, I don't know. We don't know what the tentacle is going to be like. You also have programs where the boosters, they probably don't care. They'll, they'll give as much money as they can to, to get players. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get into recruiting, you know, for a high school player. You know, maybe, maybe agents are going to start getting ninth and 10th graders now um, to say, hey, we're going to brand you. Um, to when you become a college player and your name, image, and likeness comes up, then we're going to have a plan for you to make more money. I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of different things that could come out of this. I feel like after reading about you a little bit, I think you do care a lot about your players. And I think seeing your players maybe get a little bit of money to kind of live and maybe take care of their family a little bit is something that you're not against. I've always been like, hey, I think guys should be able to make money off their name. But once you start digging into it, how do you stop schools like, and now granted, this is a school that probably is going to come out of nowhere for this like houston i mean houston has a lot of oil money down there they got a lot of businesses down there how do you stop a school like houston or alabama who has a lot of boosters or clemson or these people at the top how do you stop them from not making promises to these players that hey our boosters will have you do an autograph signing and make big money how will they regulate that ever and is it going to become just a free-for-all once this rule becomes and is that what your fear is yeah yeah that's the fear you know and and you're right how do you regulate it that's the whole that's the whole question i'm all for players being able to to make money off themselves. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's we're in a, in a capitalist society where I feel like you should be able to make money off your name. You know, what I worry and my fear is, is that you can't regulate it. It's going to be, you know, the recruiting piece. We can't hardly regulate recruiting anyway now. I'm in an NCAA level. Now, now we're going to say, okay, now it's legal to pay players and bringing them in. You know, I just don't know where it's going to stop. Uh, I do worry about that because I love the game of football. I've always been around since I was seven years old. I love it. I love the fact that you can go out and it's such a pure sport. Now, what we're, you know, we know big businesses come into college football now. It's been that way for years, you know, but now it's becoming even a bigger business with, with this and the way this is going to work. Also, look at so social influencers now with these young people. You know, they're making money now by, by if they got a million followers, how much money they're making. Think about Lamar Jackson when he was at Louisville. You know, and, and what kind of impact he would have had. Or Trevor Lawrence now at Clemson. Um, you know, the sky's the limit for those type guys. Uh, they'll make a ton of money. 
It's very interesting because you're a coach who's probably going to be able to benefit from this. And now, granted, I assume you're completely okay with going and staying at Louisville and you love your time at Louisville, but everybody understands how college football works. If you're a successful coach like you are, both at Appalachia State and at Louisville and the places you were before, there's a chance you're going to get a big-time school. But that's kind of the fear, right, is that schools like Louisville, who sometimes come out as nowhere as Cinderella stories or a West Virginia team that came out of nowhere for a good four years, those things are going to potentially be obsolete. Is that kind of the fear? the whole thing well i mean it, it could happen we just don't know we, we we don't know what's going to happen i think one of the great things about college sports is the parity that we have march madness is the biggest sporting event arguably that we have throughout the calendar year it's because uh, a cinderella a butler basketball team may go play in the final four that's what we love about it you know and if now if we're going to create this model where you know the rich are going to get richer and the ones that have the money and they're able to put the money into these these guys they're going to be getting the best players they get them anyway a lot of times, but they're going to be getting them even more now. Um, I just worry about that. Then also I worry about the model. You know, are, are we becoming the NFL uh, as far as, you know, pay scale, the pay scale goes? Yeah. You know, I, wor- I worry about that also. I, I just love the purity of the sport that we have now where people come together and for one cause, for us as a team, we go win. Um, now we're going to, going to become a, a more individualized sport. What if I'm the second team running back? And, I, you know, I, I'm getting my 500 yards for the season, but I'm not getting the kind of endorsements or, you know, NLI type mm. thing, money that I'm going to get. What's that going to create in the meeting room and for the running back coach? I mean, there's just a, a lot of different tentacles that I think are going to come off of this that we really don't know. Okay, let's pivot away from that. I, great, I appreciate your comments on that because I think they're valid, uh, by the way. I'm not 100% sure everybody is saying them. Uh, I appreciate that. Let's move to the thing about coming together and football being something that rallies people from all walks of life, both in the locker room and in the stands. You're talking about a sport that really captivates a world. What are you hearing about when that's potentially going to happen we're hearing the mlb right korean kbo is back uh the mlb is having another spring training you're talking about the nfl is releasing their schedule everybody's saying that's to be determined what are you hearing uh in your conversations about the thoughts on college football moving forward and what are the next steps yeah you know i think as a whole um the the college football world that that we're living in right now we're trying to come up with a plan i think some people you've heard about some of these these models to return to play um, and I think right now we're kind of settling in on, on around a six-week model return to play. So whenever we do get cleared to be able to bring everybody back, you know, that model will be consistent throughout the country where you have six weeks to get ready to play. I, I bet you there will be programs that, that their athletes will be coming back on campus before others. And so that's, you know, that's going to be – they maybe have a little bit of an advantage that way. But, but I think the, the one thing that I think we want to settle in on is everybody has the same amount of time for camp and if it's six weeks four weeks five weeks whatever that is that's what we got to settle on and then i think it's all going to come down to you know we're starting to open these states back up you know how is that going to look the next two weeks three weeks four weeks and you know and if that that is if it's starting to look good then i think we'll be able to come back and play um you know a normal time we'll have to look at the numbers obviously texas is back wide open if you're in indianapolis this place might as well be wide open even though the mayor said not well who knows anything about the future but it is nice to kind of get these landmarks and dates in our mind to look ahead a little bit six weeks of prep time for every school what have you been doing to keep your guys ready for when that time comes so you're not just starting from scratch is there zoom workouts like how how do you keep your guys in shape without just you know we just trust that they'll do it yeah well you know again we got these rules you know that are out there right now so we we can't there's nothing is mandatory right now as far as working out with our guys 
you know, so we're, we're, we're meeting with our guys, which we can do that. And we're just encouraging them to work out and run and, and try to do lifting as much as they can. You know, all these gyms were shut down throughout the country. So oh. if they did have a, a gym in their garage or in their basement, they were able to do that. But a lot of these things that they're doing is just body weights and whatever they can find running around the house and trying to be creative. So we're, we're as coaches just trying to be motivated to our guys and say, listen, I tell our guys, you know, you can't get ready. you got to stay ready. So oh. whenever this thing does open up, when you come back in, the teams that are doing the best job at home right now will have the advantage, I think, when we come back. So you don't have to get everybody back into shape. You know, you're coming back and you're starting at a, at a higher level than, than maybe some other teams. Spring is such an important time for the growth of these 18, 19, 20-year-old players. I mean, it, it is – I put on, I think, 20 pounds myself. You look at every – you look at some schools, they got guys that put on 40 pounds in the weight room. How are you going to make up for that whenever you get back in, the stunt of growth almost of a player and as a person? Yeah, it's that's extremely difficult for us right now, and you're exactly right. The growth of, of players in the past that I've seen from spring practice – to the time they go to summer and then the time they get into August is tremendous amount of growth. And not only physically, but mentally, uh, yeah. they start to understand things. They start picking it up. They go from high school uh, to college and it's a big jump for these guys. And so for them to be around these college athletes throughout the summertime is huge. So, you know, we're going to miss some of that. Um, you know, but I guess we're all on kind of a level playing field though, you know, so if we're missing it. So is the, you know, other teams we have to play are missing it. So, but but it maybe hurt the the product a little bit, so to speak, this fall. You know, I wonder if it, you know, if, if we're not, we're going to be a little bit more sloppy this fall. I, I don't know. You know, we'll see how how it pans out. But I do know I go back to when I was playing. I played in the early early nineties. You know, back then you weren't you were not on campuses all summer long. You know, most people had jobs. You went work. You showed up around August the first, and you had about four weeks, and you started playing football. I know that was a different time a different era but we were we, we did it you know so it was a pretty good game we thought although i look back on my film i thought i was good and i actually was terrible but, uh, so, so maybe this has helped uh, you know all the summertime that we are getting so we are missing that what position did you play i was a quarterback okay where at i probably should have known this well i was I, I played at app state where i coached for all those years so i was at app state for 23 years total oh so you were there for the Corey lynch block against michigan I was called offensive plays that day, yep. What a monumental moment in the history of college football. I mean, that App State team you guys had there. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, did you guys come up to West Virginia and learn from Rich Rod a little bit too about the spread off? We offense? did. But prior, prior to, back, in, back in 2004, prior to us you know, going into the spread offense, this is back before most anybody was doing it, we visited about three places, but, but we went up to West Virginia. That was one of the spots that we talked to Rich Rod about what he was doing. Um, and, you know, and in 2005, we won our first national championship. 06, we won another one. And 07 is when we beat Michigan, and we won our third one that year. But it was all just going to the spread offense. Nobody knew how to defend the zone read at that point. Now it's everywhere, by the way. Everybody's doing it. Do you see that continuing to progress, or do you think the football is cyclical, or is the ground-and-pound offense going to be something that comes back at some point? Well, it, it is cyclical, but I, but I do think this is, this is one of the rare things that, you know, football used to go from the top down, NFL all the way down. But now this – kind of went from the grassroots, small college ball, you know, Glenville State, Rich Rod, and then worked its way up, and now it's into the league, and the league, to me, is starting to explode with it. You know, we've kind of tried to be a little bit visionaries or whatever. I mean, we, we started doing the pistol stuff with the outside zone, what the Denver Broncos were doing 12 to 15 years ago, and that's kind of helped our running game. But, yeah, we're still our spread. Our, our offense is a lot of spread models. But we know that everybody's going to continue to change and evolve because you got to try to stay ahead of the curve. What's the difference between coaching at Appalachian State and then coaching at Louisville? What was the biggest jump, you think, in the difference? Was it the environment? Was it the business side of it? Was it dealing with everything? What is the biggest difference? 
I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's bigger. Uh, you know, it's bigger. We got, you know, you got a bigger stadiums. You're playing, you know, opponents that have bigger stadiums. Uh, you have more media attention. I think that's probably one of the biggest things. The things that we did at App State was tremendous, but we didn't garner much media attention. When we beat Michigan, obviously we did, and that was huge news. But other than that, there really wasn't huge news. But I think for many, many years, we did a lot of great things. So now we come here. We won eight games last year, you know, and – you're, you know, you're, you're getting national attention from, from the national media. I think that's probably the biggest difference. You're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds. It doesn't matter where it's at. They're, they're, they're the same. It's just how you deal with people is what it, what it boils down to. Wow, Scott, I appreciate God. Uh, we watched during the draft some tape on Mackay Becton. Oh, my that God. Is an animal. Can you, how was it coaching him last year? Oh, man. He, he is, I tell you, I first remember him when we had our first team meeting. And, I, and I'm, you know, greeting everybody as they're walking in, walking out of the meeting, and, I'm, and I have to, and, I'm, and they're normally about eye height, but I had to look straight to the ceiling of this guy. I was like, holy <laughs> crap, who is this huge human being right here? And then our AD said, yeah, he's pretty good, too. We get him on the field, the first spring practice, and he could run. I was like, wow, we got something right here. Um, tremendous to be around him for, for this year, and he really helped himself out, um, you know, being picked in 11th pick. I mean, I, I think he's got a huge upside. He's 6'8", 365 pounds, and can run. I mean, that, you know, there's not many people walking the earth that can do the things he can do. <laughs> yeah, that's a special species right there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were watching his film or whatever when I was putting my mock draft together, which uh, was almost perfect, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was almost perfect. I got the first two picks right, and then after that, it kind of took a big slide. <laughs> but then we kind of got off and running. What is your um, – when you're recruiting – what is the pitch to the player and to the family about what Louisville is building? Yeah, I mean, it, we, it's obviously a lot to sell here at Louisville. You know, we, we, one thing we talk about is we're, we're in a pro town without a pro team. You know, we, we got a big city here that's a lot of things to do, a lot of different variety, but, but we are the team. You know, everybody's looking to the Cardinals, the, the basketball, the football, all the things that we're, we're able to offer here. We're playing in a great league here in the ACC. Um, the airport's three minutes from our stadium. I mean, there's a lot of great things about this place. I think it's a great mix of the South and the Midwest, you know, right here in this city of Louisville. Um, a lot of great people here. I'm from North Carolina, so I kind of believe in the, you know, down-home type people. And I, I didn't know I was going to get that Louisville, but we certainly have gotten it here. Man, we love it here. We fit in great here. I'd be selling 4th Street Live if I were you. That's a great time as well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, head coach of Louisville, formerly at App State, Scott Satterfield. We appreciate yeah, you, man. Yeah, have a good one. All right, thanks. Good conversation. Mm -hmm. Louisville's a good time. That's oh, where yeah. the Kentucky Derby is, obviously. Mm -hmm. They have this string of bars called 4th Street Live that has a little roof over top of it. It is. They've got horse cops at one end and horse cops at the other, and it's like a mini bourbon in the middle of there. they got mm -hmm. a roof over all of it with a bunch of restaurants in between? Yeah, it's like oh. open restaurants, bar. Guy Fieri has, wow. uh, yeah. he has like two bars, a couple restaurants in there. Woo. It's electric. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Once again, remember, hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. We're putting something special together. We're giving away some merch. We appreciate this community that we have here. We know you have a lot of other things you could potentially listen to and watch. The fact that you let us penetrate your ears, forever grateful. Big thanks to all the guests, too, that have been coming on, giving us great conversation. You might not have heard of some of these people. Bam! We have a little chitter-chatter with them. All of a sudden, I feel like I know them. feel like I'm friends with them. feel like I want to support them. And that's what we're all about here. You know? Supporting each other. Look at that. Come full circle there at the end. Ty Schmidt, we'll see you tomorrow. Remember, if you like this show, please tell a friend. If you did not, just act like it never happened. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.